Anchor FM is one of the best ways to make and distribute your podcasts. Their online creative tools can allow you to make your podcasts from home and on the go. Anchor will also help you get your podcast sponsored with no minimum listenership and help you make money while doing your podcast. And distribution is the easiest thing ever. I've used many different distribution sites. Anchor so far has been the best. And they can get you on every major distribution site out there. They can take your RSS feed, whether you're creating a new one or if you're just moving a show from another platform, sign up for Anchor at anchor.fm now. And when you get there, Make sure you pay attention to everything they tell you to do, and they'll help make your podcast great and help make you some money. Again, head on over to Anchor.fm now. Call back, Thomas. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the hosts of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. What's up, what's up, everybody? It's Wide Men Can't Jump. It's the NBA Draft Eve, the draft special. It's the show we've been waiting for all month long. So, I'm here on our Adam Silver Commissioner this evening will be Mr. Tim Dombrova. TR is in the house, and I believe our special guest Thomas Bain is with us. Tim, you want to take it away since you're hosting this shindig? Um, yeah, does everybody else, everybody else nice and clear? I'm getting a vicious echo. Yeah, I got reverb and all that good stuff on a on a highly hyped show. Hold on, let me try this. This may help. How about now? Sound a little better, I guess. Okay. Yeah, some. I don't know if somebody's got volume on because I can hear myself on the reverb. Okay. Well, I uh, Tim, you're going to be the only one on the board. Board. I exited out, Lord. so it's on you, brother. All right, all righty. Well, ahead, let's explain the rules and do what we got to do here. Well, the rules are quite simple. Well, everyone will get one minute to make their pick. Oh, good lord, that is just horrible audio. Is everybody else hearing that, or is it just me? I hear it. It's not coming through badly on my end, but I do hear it. Because I'm hearing everybody twice. Oh, boy. Um, That's what the world well, needs anyway, to do. Yeah, there's no way anybody's going to be able well, to Well, we got Thomas, move. right? Thomas in the house. I don't think he is. May want to hang up on Thomas and have him call back. That may fix the issue. Good. I did that. Well, and there we that, go. That fixed it. That Have it. him call back. No, Tim, I go ahead and break down what we're doing, and let's pay our bills, bills, and let's get moving here. Throw some ads up. 
Have you been injured on the job, facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination? You can rely on a compassionate, thorough representation at New Law Office. That's right. The practicing law of Stephen P. New. He has practiced areas of personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, and employment discrimination. Mr. New is a proud sponsor of Wide Men Can't Jump, is a big basketball fan, and also pro wrestling fan in the West Virginia area. Stephen P. New will fight for you and will represent you whether it be locally or nationally. Get your free consultation today by dialing 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com today. Again, that's 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com today. All right, let's try this again. Still hear myself, but not as bad. Anyway, uh, welcome to the White Man Can't Jump NBA Draft. Uh, we got Big Nate joining us from Logan, West Virginia. What's Our, up? Uh, sometimes uh, guest host from Morgantown by way of Pittsburgh, Mr. Thomas Bain. And of course, as always, from Palatial Clifton Heights, Tom, the Clifton Heights heartthrob Robinson. Or of course, as we know him, TR. Gentlemen. How is everything this evening? Fantastic, except Doing the echo, but the echo's gone, it seemingly. Doing great. Thomas, you with us, brother? Yeah, I'm on here. Thanks, there guys. We, there he is. There we go. All right. So let's get right to it, seeing as we've wasted a few minutes. Um, this is basically going to work. You make your pick. you got 30 seconds to a minute to uh, tell me why, and we move on to the next guy. We're going to go with Nate followed by Thomas Bain, followed by T.R. So, Nate, let's get it started. All right. Number one pick in the draft is the Phoenix Suns. And no secret here, they will take center from Arizona, freshman, six, seven foot tall, 260 pounds, DeAndre Ayton. They're really lacking at that position. They have Dragon Bender, who hasn't panned out. But Ayton seems to be who the Suns want. He's the consensus number one as far as I'm concerned. Thomas. I agree with DeAndre Ayton at number one. Uh, He's a true seven-footer, uh, and a half-foot Great build for the depth, uh, great height, broad shoulders, great coordination. And with Phoenix's depth chart right now, it is Tyson Chandler, the veteran, and Alex Len, who is an unrestricted free agent, who is a top-five lottery pick back in 2013. Safe to say at this point in time that the Phoenix Suns will probably walk away from him. All righty. I'm going to upset the apple cart. No, I'm not. I'm not an idiot. They're taking Aiton. He's big. He's cocky. They're taking Aiton, the home, homegrown Bahamian. 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 Whatever the fuck. All right, but well, we got a first. We got a first pick consensus. Well, that's a that didn't happen much during the football draft. So let's see if that <laughs> continues. Nate, move us on to number two. Well, it hasn't been much secret with Phoenix. Number two, though, I think you're going to see a little bit of mix up here. Sacramento Kings, I have them taking the 6'11", 235-pound freshman from Duke, the power forward, Marvin Bagley the third. They don't really have any big guys that have panned out. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein is decent, but no one really to hang their hat on. Most people are looking at Luka Doncic for them. However, they have De'Aaron Fox, 
They have some other pieces out there. They have Buddy Heald, guys who can shoot the ball. They need to worry about a big guy underneath to take the place of Collie Stein because he's not going to be the guy. So I think Bagley's going to be the guy that slides into the four spot. Go ahead, Mr. Bayer. Michigan State. Um, Jackson's just the prototypical NBA 4-5 uh, nowadays. He's not the, the Charles Likely, Kevin Willis type who just sits back and rebounds. Oh, he does rebound quite well. He is good at running the floor. He's good at uh, catching the ball down low. He can guard outside of the lane. Um, and looking at Sacramento's uh, free agents, there's nothing really going to be missing from them. However, Zach Randolph is a veteran. Costa Kufos is a free agent, so he can back up Willie Cauley-Stein at the five and do an offense-defense combo. Scalabissier is the starting power forward there. Him and Zach Randolph will flip-flop. Jackson doesn't have to play 30 minutes a night at number two. That's the big thing. He's still developing – and in developing Sacramento. You went with Jaron Jackson, right? You kind of broke out. We didn't hear the name there at the beginning. Yeah, Jaron Jackson. Okay, just want to make sure. TR. I'll just I'll just jump in when when Thomas is done, Tim, to save you the the moment. Um, Fair enough. I'm 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 going with Nate's pick. Uh, I heard talks that Doncic doesn't like the Kings. Uh, Jackson's blown away a lot of people with workouts, but. I think they're still going to go with Bagley. I'll take Bagley at number two for the Kings. All right. Atlanta Hawks have the third pick in the draft. Um, I think they go best available here, as our contacts have said. Uh, Best available player for the Hawks at three is going to be Luka Doncic. Uh, They have Kent Bazemore. They have Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder seems to be unhappy there in Atlanta, so we're not sure exactly what's going to happen in the offseason with the Hawks. They've even said they're going to go best available. They have John Collins down low, so a big guy doesn't really fit what they need. I think Doncic could play small. He could play small forward. He could play shooting guard. 6'8", 225-pound from Slovenia, the international player. He's only 19 and won the EuroLeague MVP. He's blown a lot of people away, and I think the Hawks are going to take him at three. Thomas. Uh, just kind of bounce around back to the, everybody's number two pick. I'm going to go with Marvin Bagley, the third. Bagley has a ton of upside, only 19 years old. I look at him down the road as being Michael Beasley with his head on straight. <clears throat> I think he can run the floor pretty well with a Dennis Schroeder. I think that they have they have some talent down low, like you said, with John Collins, but Dwayne Dedman is a free agent. Mike Mascala is a free agent. Tyler Cavanaugh is a free agent. They really only have two guys under contract at the four and five spot with Miles Plumley and John Collins, and neither guy seems to be a for you know, a star in the making, so to speak. So I think you take Bagley here, you you tank another year, you make a run in 2019 for a free agent pick, and you have a ton of money left over in free agency. So I think Bagley is the building block at three. I'm going to go, it sucks, I'm with Nate, all three, Luka Doncic for Atlanta. Um, just on a side note, if Bagley's in Atlanta at 19, millionaire, hot Atlanta. He's going to be on TMZ within a month, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'll take Doncic number three. All right. Adam Silver, how are we doing on time over there, Don Brova? We're good. I'm I'm not going to say anything as long as you guys are are flowing. Just keep going. I'll just keep track of the time. All right. Memphis Grizzlies have the fourth pick, and I think they go the 6'11", 235 power forward from Michigan State. Uh, the freshman, Jaron Jackson, uh, that Thomas alluded to earlier. 
I think this pick makes sense here. Uh, Mo Bamba doesn't want anything to do with Memphis. They don't have a lot of depth when it comes to the power forward position. Uh, Mark Gasol is getting older. They're going to need some help down low. I think Jackson just makes way too much sense here for Memphis. I think they go with him. Thomas? I go Luka Doncic here at number four. He's obviously the best player available. Uh, 6'8 guard who can really – Mike Conley, uh, a healthy Mike Conley at the point. Tyreek Evans is a free. He's been bringing him back. Uh, the other guys, Marshawn Brooks, Ben McLemore, aren't really good fits at the two. They're not going to be stars. Ben McLemore has been a bust and will be a bust. If they can get rid of Chandler Parsons' contract, they can make a little bit of noise here. But I think Doncic is a, is a good first move. He's a great passer. He's basically having a second point guard on the floor sometimes. And I imagine he'll play some one at that position, good lower body strength can get to the basket, not afraid of contact. I think he's a good solid choice for. For me, the Memphis Grizzlies take, no, my first name ain't baby. It's Jaron, Mr. Jackson, if you're nasty. Uh, Jaron Jackson, Memphis Grizzlies. I'll have, you guys covered all the analysis that I could give, so I'm I'm pretty much bringing up the rear. TR, you have mimicked my draft this point so far here. I know. <laughs> well, I think you got fucking surveillance. I filled mine out first. But first, uh, moving on here, Dallas Mavericks, the fifth pick of the draft. I think the Mavericks get the best player that will come out of this draft. The Mavericks get the seven foot, two hundred twenty-five pound center from Texas, the freshman Mo Bamba. Um, this guy can do everything. He is big. He can move. He's got a huge wingspan. Uh, can shoot the three even when needed. Saw him working with Joe LMB in the offseason, looking good, getting better, improving. He's lean, and he's from Texas. He knows the area. He went to school at Texas. So I think Mo Bamba fills the void where the New Orleans Noel contract is up. Um, he'll be a better scorer and better rim protector than New Orleans Noel. So Mo Bamba goes to Mavs at five. Thomas. Good night. The Dallas. First of all, Mark Cuban has a hard on for centers who really can't move down low. Ask Sean Bradley or Eric Dan Pierce, financial advisor, on that. But Mo Bamba, in reach of nine, seven, nine, ten, he has a job. scary. When down low, well, it would be probably one at center. He uh, I don't think Mavamba is going to be a D-league kind of guy. Um, this team has eight free agents right now. No secret that unless Dirk retires, he's going to stay. Noel's gone. Uh, and they're probably going to make this his team as soon as Dirk retires. I think he has that star potential. It, Dennis Smith Jr. was the, the vogue rookie of the year last year. He didn't count like with think they got a real diamond in the rough here with Mobamba. Uh consensus again, real quick, Thomas, uh in the beginning part of your pick you were fading in and out. I don't know if you're in a, a bad area or anything, but uh just just an FYI. Um okay. consensus, yeah, Mavs, I got Bomba as well. I don't have to go into it if you're a long time listener, but I've been a fan of Bomba uh since I'm not going to lie, it's only since the uh, McDonald's All-Star game. But um, he showed me enough intelligence-wise. He's very articulate. He's a student of the game. And physically, what more could you ask for? So 
Yep, Mavs, Bamba, bang, five. All right, well, moving on, number six, the Orlando Magic. I have the Magic, who traded away their point guard last year in Alfred Payton. This year, they bring in Trey Young, point guard, 6'2", 180 pounds from Oklahoma. He's a freshman. Uh, led the league, led the nation in scoring and assists. For the most part, last season, he was on fire for Oklahoma. He was all Oklahoma had. Um, good player, not so well. Doesn't do amazing under really good defense, so he's going to have to improve there. But Orlando needs a high marquee guy, and our guy Philip Rossman Reich has told us that he believed Trey Young would be the guy that Orlando's looking at. And if he's here, I think Trey Young's going to the Magic. He'll complement their roster well with Evan Fournier, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, guys like that. Thomas, I went a little bit different with uh, Michael Porter Jr. out of Missouri. You're potentially going to lose Mario Hazonia, Maurice Spates. Aaron Gordon, a restricted guy, who I think they're going to match up with, but they want him to play the three a lot in Orlando. I mean, if he's healthy, he could be the best player in this draft. He was the the rumored number one overall pick going into the season before his back issues came out. He has a good high, good basketball IQ. He, he knows how to space, which is something you know most 19-year-olds don't know how to do in, at the professional level. But he needs to add strength. He needs to not just be a, a shoot-first wingman. And right now, Hazonia has kind of been a disappointment. I think he's a remarkable improvement. If they put him at the three with Jonathan Simmons, uh, Spates is probably going to be gone. I could see them maybe trying to amnesty Bismack Biombo to try to move Aaron Gordon to the four, Vucevic to the five, and try to get Michael Porter at the three. So I'll go with Michael Porter Jr. to the Magic. All right, Orlando, uh, we have our first uh, difference of opinion all three ways. Uh, I changed this about a hundred times today, but I'm going from the kid out of Kentucky, Shy G. Alexander, because I forget how the hell to say his name, but his highlight reminded me who he was. Thank you. Um, I just uh, I'll, I'll comment on Trey Young later, but I, I don't see him going there. And uh, Porter Jr. is a risk, in my opinion, but that's who I got at six. All right. Since uh, we finally had a difference of opinion, I lit the fireworks off for that. Uh, number seven, as we continue through the lottery here, the Chicago Bulls have the seventh pick. I have the Bulls taking Michael Porter Jr. at seven, the 6'11", 210-pound small forward from Missouri, who came out. Now, Thomas made a point about the injury, but the Bulls are a team, a team who can afford to take a small risk here. If Porter doesn't pan out, they're going to be okay uh, you want Porter to pan out here, but if let's say he doesn't live up to his potential, the Bulls still have Markin and they have Levine still on the team. They've got great young pieces, and but if Porter pans out, he was worth the risk for the Bulls here to take him as they need someone in that small forward role. And I think he fits in well for the Bulls, and he can take over. And this Bulls team within a year, maybe two, could be a potential uh, playoff team if Porter pans out. Uh, Thomas. I went with uh, Duke Power Forward Wendell Carter Jr. It's it was Marvin Bagley's team in terms of uh, prospects last year, but Carter Jr. has been a top ten talent. He can play he can play the power forward. He can play center. He has good shooting ability, good passing for a young big, good rim protection. Um, even if he's not going to be an All NBA player, I think he'll match up very well next to Laurie Markkinen. 
in Chicago. This is a team with Robin Lopez, Bobby Portis, who's undersized playing four, Justin Holiday, Denzel Valentine. Not a really whole lot of promise when it comes to, to size in Chicago. I think Carter Jr. can eventually develop into a center uh, given a year or two. He might be a guy that's uh, – you may not be a first or second team all-rookie all in the NBA, may even play a little bit in the, in the G League. But I think in a year or two he's going to develop his body, and I think he'll be a solid contributor. Chicago, I, I have Wendell Carter Jr. as well, um, similar to what Thomas said. He kind of got overshadowed by Bagley. Um, but he is top ten talent, top ten body, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of upside with him. And uh, uh, Chris Dunn actually showed some signs of life last year as well. So Bulls are on the upswing. I take Wendell Carter, Jr. All right. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers have the eighth pick. Uh, eighth pick of the, And the reason why we're going so quick, if you're listening out there, we're going to do both rounds, one and two. So stay tuned with us here. Cleveland Cavs have the eighth pick of the draft. Uh, I have him taking the 6'10", 250-pound power forward center from Duke, the freshman, Wendell Carter. You guys made all the points about Carter. Um, the only reason I think he goes to Cleveland is because I don't know if LeBron James is staying or going. I have to assume LeBron James leaves. And with LeBron James leaving, you need a focal point for your team, and you need a guy that's going to be kind of big. Uh, Kevin Love – He's just not going to be that guy without LeBron there. So I think they got to go Carter, uh, try to beef up a little bit if they can. I just don't think they're going to reach on a point guard with LeBron leaving. Uh, Thomas. I, I agree with you. The Cavs front office has to assume that LeBron's going to leave. But picking at eight, you're basically taking a lottery ticket at this point in time. Chances are you're going to get a guy who's going to get a career 12 to 15 point scorer. You know, or you can get the worst case scenario of a total bust, or you can get the all-star like a Paul Pierce. I think upside's the key here, and they go with Lonnie Walker out of the University of Miami. He's not consistent at all. He's got a lot to lot to learn, but his upside is, is insanely good. He's a great ball handler. He could even play the one, which at six four is a pretty good thing to have. He's a long, athletic backcourt. You know, if, if you get him with a Jordan Clarkson, maybe. They, they have potential up front. You can get somebody down low later on. Rodney Hood, I can't see them matching an offer for. Uh, Jose Calderon, I assume, is gone. So there are going to be a lot of depth at the guard spot. So I go with Lonnie Walker from Miami. All right, I'm assuming, like you guys, that LeBron's somewhere else, uh, but we won't know that at draft time. But I think Dan Gilbert probably knows that. And I think he's kind of a dumbbell. Um, <laughs> and he, he he will uh not that you know he's making the pick but you know i think he wants a, a star quality guy and on my board the uh el debarge illegitimate son trey young will be there i don't think he'll be as good as some project but i think he's got a big name big uh you know hype to him so I believe he's going eight to the Cavs. All right. It's a tough pick there for um, any of us, especially with the LeBron mystery. Uh, it's, a, it's a hard one to read. Tim, you still there with us, brother? All right. Good to hear <laughs> you, Tim. Going to get something to eat. Adam uh, Silver went. Yeah, I'm here. I'm just, I'm just timing. You're, you're, doing, you're doing all right. We're, we're getting a little 
taking as 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 you're going longer, it's starting to take longer, but we're still in the window yet. So okay, well, um, after the tenth pick, we'll we'll roll a couple ads, and then that way we'll finish that up. All right, after the tenth pick, um, number nine, New York Knicks. I have them taking point guard from Alabama, six two, one eighty five freshman Colin Sexton. The Knicks missed with Frank Nittikalina or whatever his name is last year. With a horrible pick, they left Dennis Smith Jr., Donovan Mitchell on the board. They take that bum. Um, But Colin Sexton's a real deal player. The Knicks need maybe more help than anybody in this draft. So they got to start at the point guard position. They got Porzingis, who's hurt, don't know his condition. They have no one else, really. So I think the Knicks need to go with Sexton. Thomas. I think the Knicks are the prototypical team in this draft take the best player available because one player is going to get them to 45 wins this year. I went with small four from Villanova, Mikel Bridges. He's a good three and D guy for them. Who's currently looking at Tim Hardaway jr. Being their starting three man. They are losing a lot of guys um, in that swing position. Michael Beasley, uh, Kylo Quinn, Luke Cornett. None of those guys are going to make you forget the days of, Charles Oakley or Larry Johnson, but he's a, he's a good athlete, Bridges is. He's got a 7-1 wingspan for a 6-7 height. It's really good. He can play well in the open court, which is important in the NBA. 50% shooter from the floor, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line. That'll get him on the floor quickly. He's just not a creative player. He can't make his own shot, which really, when you look at it, is reminiscent of an Otto Porter Jr., Again, like I said, you're not going to get all NBA players here at nine most of the time. The most you can hope for is a contributor, and I think that's what Bridges is going to be. Following uh, Thomas's assessment that New York is going to take the best player available, on my board that would be either a steal or a bust in Michael Porter Jr. Um, number one guy till Bagley reclassified in high school. Back injury, barely played in college. Uh, some little injury recently, which slips my mind. Uh, I don't know what to think of Michael Porter Jr., but it's a typical Knicks pick to me, especially if he's lingering around nine. It could be a world beater or it could be a hurt guy. So I'll go with Porter Jr. at number nine. All right. Number 10, the Philadelphia 76ers go on the clock. I have them taking Mikael Bridges, small forward, shooting guard, 6'7", 210 pounds from Villanova, the junior. Uh, Makes too much sense here. They need a guy that can shoot in the worst way with Bellinelli and Ilyasova's contracts being up. Dario Saric can move over to the four from this point if you have Bridges, or you could play Bridges at the four if you absolutely had to. Great on defense. Good shooter, just as Thomas said. So I think the Sixers go. Mikael Bridges here makes way too much sense if he's there. I went with a Bridges. I went with Miles Bridges from Michigan State. Uh, He's a good wing player. I think he can complement Robert Covington pretty well at the three. Looking at at the free agents going to be gone in Philly, I I can't see them bringing back J.J. Redick and Bellinelli. I'd assume one, if not both, will be gone. Who both play that two or three spot. I think eventually Bridges can be a, a two or a three. He's going to be a third scorer, best-case scenario glue guy. I think he can bring defense off the bench, be, be a real spark plug. I look at him almost like a Justice Winslow light right now, a guy who can come in, guard your best player for eight minutes and a half, and, and move forward that way. 
My Sixers. Uh, I have a Bridges as well, but I'm going Mikel. Um, Villanova. Earl, uh, he grew up here. He's a Philly kid. He's uh, three and D, like you both said. Um, useless trivia. His cousin is Devon Gibbons from ESPN Radio in Philadelphia, ninety-seven-five. Uh, who's a good dude who I respect. Not inside information by any means, but uh, but they've been leaning towards Bridges as far as what I've heard locally. Uh, they did bring the two gentlemen I mentioned in our inbox back, which kind of perplexed me, so I'm confused if they're going to move up, move down, whatever. But at 10, I have Mikhail, and just a quick comment before the break. Uh, I don't want J.J. Redick back, considering he, uh, he's going into his 16th year his legs look tired towards the end of last year, and he's making $23 million, and I think his ego would probably outprice him for what he's going to be worth next year. That's all. I got Mikhail. Let's roll some commercials here, Tim. Pay some bills. Hello. My name is Kennedy Miller, and I'm a beauty guide for Limelight Biocon. We are a professional makeup company now being offered to the public after over 60-plus years in the industry. My website is limelifebyalcon.com backslash makeupkennedy. I can also be found on Facebook as Makeup Kennedy. To contact me about products or joining my team, you can email me at makeupkennedy at yahoo.com. I'll be waiting to hear from you. We want to invite you to check out our sponsor, WowFreeCam.com. For everything you could ever want and imagine in a cam site, it's finally here. It's WowFreeCam.com. You can log on right now and go look at some beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. WowFreeCam.com limits absolutely nothing to your effect, and you can join right now. And go check out all the fun over on WowFreeCam.com. Make sure that you are 18 or older before checking out the site. But we want to give our oldest sponsor some love here on Wide Men Can't Jump and the Wide Men Network. WowFreeCam.com have been with us from the beginning. And we want you to enjoy all the riches they have to offer. So check it out now. You don't know what you're missing. WowFreeCam.com must be 18 or older. All right, again, thanks to all of our sponsors out there. Show them some love when you get a chance. Give them all some love. Thanks to our sponsors again. WowFreeCam.com, Facebook.com slash MakeupKennedy, and NewLawOffice.com. All right, number 11, the Charlotte Hornets. I have them taking Miles Bridges, small forward, power forward, 6'6", 220 pounds from Michigan State, the sophomore. Um, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist cannot score. He is a bum when it comes to scoring. Great defensive player. Marvin Williams is not going to get the job done. I know he went to Jordan's alma mater. I just don't think he's going to be what the Hornets need. They just moved Dwight Howard. They're moving Dwight Howard for Timothy Mozgov. So they're clearing up some cat space to make some runs at free agents. Um, but I think Miles Bridges will fit what the Hornets need more than anything. So that's me. Go ahead, Thomas. I took a small forward Kevin Knox from the University of Kentucky. He's a high-level guy. He's you know six nine. The plays a lot longer. He could even play the four if you go small ball. The, the thing about him is for 6'9", he's so incredibly quick. Uh, he can score from, from three. He's a dead-eye shooter. He can drive and create his own shot. 
great free throw shooter. Just I think his ball handling could be – you already have Kemba Walker. He's not going to hold the ball a lot. I, I think his, his basketball IQ could improve, but, again, the kid's only 19 years old. I think in terms of, of what you need, you have Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, like I said, who can't score. And really, they're not losing anything in free agency right now. The only thing, the, the highest profile free agent they have is Michael Carter-Williams, who's more sizzled than steak. So Kevin Knox can slowly bring his way in, and I think he can play 20 minutes a night. Interesting. Um, for Charlotte, I don't know what they're doing with Mozgov. I mean, I know what their intentions are, but um, I got Colin Sexton going number 11 uh, simply because Sorry, lost my uh, paperwork for a second. I apologize. Simply because Kemba Walker has had his bags packed and unpacked about 30 times in the last three months. And I just don't know what the organization's doing, and I think he's the best player available on my board. So that's where I went. All right. Uh, 12 and 13, both owned by the Clippers. So I'm going to go ahead and just give two names. That way we don't have to be like, well, you didn't get him at 12. He was at 13. So t- Clippers, here's two players for you from me, and we'll do it that way. The Clippers, I think, will take one Robert Williams, power forward center, 6'9", 240 pounds from Texas A&M. Um, they really need some help down low since losing Blake Griffin. They got some good outside shooters, and especially if they lose DeAndre Jordan, which has been the talk, Williams can step in and fill that role that is needed. Um, he's a good, he's a good big man, six, nine, big body can do some post work can rebound. Um, he's a little undersized, which is why I got him going at 12. And then at 13, as I turn the page, I have, uh, shy Gilgis Alexander point guard, six, six, one eighty from Kentucky, the freshman, uh, they're, they don't really have much at the point guard depth. And if he's here, this guy's going to fit in perfectly in LA plays good defense, hustles, and he's really shot up a lot of people's draft boards. So I think the Clippers could get two really, really good players and start to improve to add with what they have with Lou Williams, Tobias Harris, and company. Thomas. Uh, We're exactly on the same page here, Nathan. Uh, I took Shea Gilgis-Alexander at 12. He's really a playmaker. He can be another Tyreek Evans. I, I think he can handle right off the bat for them. You have Austin Rivers, who's an unrestricted free agent in L.A., if Doc's still, you know, signing the checks, then I think Austin will still get deals from them. But I think the time's going to come where Doc may not be here in 19 or 20 or somewhere down the road, and they need to think of something. He has – Alexander's jumper is less than optimal, but I think you can develop that again, a lot of young guys in this draft. And with Robert Williams, he's 6'9", he play power forward. He's really the closest thing to Blake Griffin in this draft since the Clippers lost Blake Griffin. I think he's not as much of an offensive threat. I I think he's a guy who can do the dirty work. I think he's a guy who, who even at 6'9", can play down low in the NBA because he has a high release point on his jump shot. He's not going to get blocked a lot. He can draw fouls, a good foul shooter. Really, the only problem with him is in the way this league has changed now, not much range. He's more of an old-school, early-'90s type player where – He's not a threat outside of 15 feet. And I know we're picking a 13 here, so not every player is going to be LeBron James 2.0, but it's something to worry about and maybe someone you bring, you put in the D-League for a couple months and, and, and teach him the, 
the intricacies of, of download basketball. TR? TR, are you there? Yeah, I'm talking. Hello? We got you now. You got me? Yeah, I couldn't hear you there for a second. Go ahead. Okay. I I just I jumped ahead to 13. I agree on Robert Williams for all the things said that you already went through. Um, my little twist is that Lonnie Walker's available, and I'll put him in the 12 spot. So 12, Lonnie Walker, and 13, Robert Williams. All right. Denver Nuggets select at 14 to round out the lottery. I'm taking Kevin Knox there. At least the Nuggets will take Kevin Knox. Small forward power for 6'9", 215 pounds from Kentucky. I think Knox is going to be a steal at 14. I think he's going to be a great NBA player. I really like what he can do. Um, he's not available for immediate impact, which is why I think he goes 14 here, not as high. But if he can do what they need him to do in Denver, he'll be uh, he'll fit in great, especially they may lose Will Barton this offseason, and Knox can step in and, and fill that role, and possibly Wilson Chandler as well. So I think Denver, just on safety of losing two really good shooters and good players, take Knox here. Thomas. I went with uh, Colin Sexton from the University of Alabama. He wasn't the most consistent player in the SEC or even in the NCAA uh, his freshman year. But in the NCAA tournament, in the SEC tournament, he looked like a top-five pick. And had he, had he maybe matured, had he stayed next year, he would have been a top-five pick, I think. Having said that, looking at Denver's uh, backcourt, you have Jamal Murray and Will Barton. Nothing impressive about anyone there. They're not really losing anything at the guard end. They're, Will Barton's unrestricted free agent. They still could bring him back because the depth is, is pretty, pretty lousy. Gary Harris isn't what they thought he was going to be. They have, they have good talent down low with Jokic, Millsap, and Trey Lyles, who I think hasn't developed really fully yet. But I look at Colin Sexton, and I see a guy who could be maybe another Patrick Beverly, a guy who can create, a guy who can slash, a guy who can really take over a game six, seven minutes at a time. He's not going to be off the bat, in his first, maybe in his first contract, a 20-point game per game scorer, but I think he can do that eventually. So Colin Sexton to Denver. To complete the lottery, Denver Nuggets. Uh, I slightly disagree with, with Thomas Payne about Gary Harris. Uh, I don't think he's a superstar by any means, but I think he's a, a good, consistent starter for Denver. And his alma mater on my board, uh, a player still available in Miles Bridges, so I'm going to send Miles to the Mile High City, no pun intended. Denver puts the, the high in Mile High. Uh, moving on go. to 15, the Washington Wizards, the first team out of the lottery. I have them taking the 6'5", 195-pound shooting guard, Lonnie Walker from Miami, the freshman. He is, as Thomas said earlier, he needs to develop a little more. He has tremendous upside. Uh, there's talk that Otto Porter Jr. could be on the move, and they'll have Kelly Oubre fitting into that small forward role there. Um I think Walker could play both the shooting guard and small forward if need be, if they want to play small ball, as most of the league is going to that. Walker could move over into small forward where he's a fantastic shooter. He's a good playmaker. He was the only guy that showed up for Miami in that uh, first-round upset to Loyola Chicago. Um, 
So I think Walker can go to Washington and really make an impact and help them by adding another scorer as they only seem to have two really great scores. Thomas. I went with Trey Young. Uh, Trey Young will pro- is my guess to be the person sitting in the green room longest tomorrow night. It's no secret that he has a deft shooting touch. He, he is a great passer. But at the same time, making those passes against Kansas State and Iowa State aren't the same as doing it in Madison Square Garden. I think if he does go to Washington, it's not a, a throwaway pick. He, he's going to have to learn you know, to probably be a DNP coach's decision a lot next year. You look at this team, they're, really, they're losing Ramon Sessions. They're losing Ty Lawson. They're losing Jody Meeks. One, I'm assuming two of those three guys are going to be gone next year, Tim Frazier as well. Meeks exercised his uh, player option, so he will be back. There's a need for depth still in Washington. Um, Wall is definitely the the starter, as is Bradley Beal. With Young, I see it almost as a a Buddy Heald-type situation he had in Sacramento. See what he can do. Hopefully he shows glimpses of brilliance and trade trade him later on for something, you know, a piece of the puzzle. Whether it's, you know, an improvement at the power forward or small forward, or getting rid of Gortat, whatever the case may be, I think you keep him on as a potential trade chip in 19-20-21. Number 15, Washington Wizards. Uh, I'm going with Kevin Knox here. He's still on my board, six foot nine, Kentucky. The Philadelphia 76ers have piqued my interest in him. We get little clips from their uh, one of our sources. I don't know if he's allowed to do it, or I would name him, but. Uh, Sixers love this guy, which is making me scratch my head whether uh, he'll go earlier or not. But uh, assuming they're keeping the band together, meaning uh, their backcourt of Wall and Beal, um, I think he fits in here as a a future player here for the Wizards. All right, moving to 16, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Possibility they may trade this pick and move up, but if they keep it, I think they have a position they need to address and that would be point guard. Uh, I have them taking Troy Brown from Oregon, 6'7", 210-pound freshman. Uh, he makes sense here. He can play both the point guard or the shooting guard, and they are lacking a point guard since Eric Bledsoe's gone. They had Alfred Payton, who really wasn't what they needed. They're going to take Aiton early. They have Devin Booker still. Um, they really don't have a lot of depth when it comes to the point guard position. So I think Troy Brown out of Oregon, if they keep this big and don't try to move up, he'd be a good fit for Phoenix, especially playing out West. And he's from being able to, he played in Oregon. So he's from out West. Uh, Thomas. I went with Zaheer Smith, uh, small forward out of Texas tech. He's a little undersized for small forward, only six, four, but he's got a high motor. He's going to fill up the stat sheets. Uh, fenced. We're starting to lose you. Develop- okay. Can you hear me now? Good. Yeah, we got yeah. you. Okay. Um, I just want to point out that I'm sitting in my garage in tonight's garbage day, so I'm sitting next to a smelly garbage bag right now. So that this is my commitment to you all here for the remainder of the season. <laughs> we, we appreciate you. <laughs> but like I said, real quick, Smith was a, just a big-time athlete uh, who could maybe undersized but has a great basketball IQ. He's developed a three-point shot from uh, his time in Texas Tech and play with the second team. He's not going to take over T.J. I think he could maybe give Josh Jackson 
We're losing you again, Thomas. I'm done. he can't take the garbage he means he's out of the draft no um the phoenix suns uh i think we're all thinking guard here but uh well at least nate was uh i got no relation jerome robinson going um 16 okay all right moving on 17 the milwaukee bucks um Desperate need of a point guard here, so I think I think they take Aaron Holiday, the six one one eighty five point guard from UCLA. Um, Holiday's not going to be a premier ball handler, but this kid can shoot the lights out, and he's lucky he's got Giannis and Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, who can handle the ball. He's basically a six eleven point guard when needed to be. Uh, Holiday's a decent point guard, but he's going to be more of a spot-up shooter, and that's what the Bucks need because they don't get a lot of offensive production out of Tony Snell and guys like that. Uh, so I think Aaron Holiday, who really shot the lights out in UCLA, he'll fit in nicely in Milwaukee and get them heading in the right direction. Thomas? This pick is developmental only. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, uh, center, didn't play in, uh, in the NCAA. He's a legit seven feet tall. He has a lot of raw ability, huge upside, but he's going to have to spend a year or two probably in the D League, which is, which is fine with Milwaukee because they already have the Greek freak and John Henson down low. I don't, think, I don't know if they're going to re-up Jabari Parker or not, which could expedite Robinson's time in the G League a little bit faster. His, his above-the-rim protecting ability is second to none right now in this draft with the remaining picks. Um, the problem is he's just so raw. He's clumsy with the ball down low and can turn it over easily. It's just work ethics another problem with him. It's just going to be a, a matter of if they can develop him, kind of like Hassan Whiteside. He's not going to be ready in 2018. He's probably not going to be ready in 2019. Can the team be patient and wait for him is the question. That's it. Whiteside's a good comparison. That's, that was a, what I was thinking along the way, too. I like Mitch Robinson, but not for the Bucks. I agree with Nate again. I'm going with Holiday out of UCLA. I think they need a guard, and I think uh, he's got a pedigree with his brothers and, and so forth, and agree that he can shoot. A little small, but, you know, I, I have him going to Milwaukee. If he was 6'5 and had, like, maybe 15, 20 extra pounds, he might be a high lottery pick, so that's why I had him going there. Uh, moving on, 18, San Antonio Spurs. I uh, don't know what's going on with Kawhi. Apparently there was a meeting the other day. Um, don't know what's happening there, so you have to assume that he's still there for another year under contract, at least I am. Um, Zahari Smith is who I have going to the Spurs. Manu Ginobili is getting older. Uh, they're really not – they don't have a lot of scores anymore, especially with Kawhi not playing. They're relying a lot on Danny Green, who slipped since his big years. And I think the shooting guard from Texas Tech, 6'4", 200 pounds, fits in perfectly with Greg Popovich. Uh, he can play defense. He can he can do about anything. And that Texas Tech squad was really good last year. And this guy was a big reason why. So I think they, they take Smith here if he's available. When you look at San Antonio, they don't take one gimmick pony, so to speak. You need to do three or four things well to be picked by Greg Popovich, especially in round one, especially this early which is unusual for a San Antonio team. So I went with Chandler Hutchinson, the swing forward out of Boise State. He's a nice long wing. He has developed a great three-point shot. 
he could guard anywhere from the, the one to four. So if they do trade Kawhi, they could conceivably bump Hutchinson to the number one spot here. I don't think they're going to lose anything with Danny Green being there. Danny Green could be gone. I believe he is a Danny Green and He's probably going to get a deal up over the year. Do you want to pay your Or do you want to go and try to start things over again with Hutchinson? I'm cutting in and out on us again, Thomas. Okay. We heard that okay loud and clear, though. Can you hear me? Well, he's, sit- he's sitting next to garbage, which I have to do every Wednesday. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. Just kidding. Oh, you're hilarious. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you now. Okay. Uh, did you, what did you get? What did you get from you about Hutchinson? Got about uh, multi, multifaceted and uh, yeah, you know, um, Spurs well, wouldn't, much Spurs wouldn't take a, a one-trick that, pony, et cetera. He's going to be a guy basically that San Antonio would want if they do get rid of uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, looking at the window's kind of closed for the Spurs with Aldridge, Ginobili, and Parker, so it may be time to kind of blow the whole thing up in San Antonio. Yeah, I echo that. I, I, I mean, I just hear probably the same things you guys hear, but I think uh, Kawhi's good as gone as soon as he possibly can. Um, they're not going to make it easy, but he's out of there, supposedly what he told Pop last night face-to-face, allegedly. Um, I Simply because Brett Brown and San Antonio are so friendly, and Brett Brown loves Zaheer Smith from Texas Tech. I got to go with Nate for two picks in a row. Um, and that's that's my only logic here. And that's the only reason I switched up my order is because the Sixers can't get Knox Smith and Mikael Bridges, I don't think, without something crazy happening. So, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll say he's going to the Spurs. Just a wild guess. All right. I like that wild guess. Uh, 19, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Atlanta Hawks, you're welcome for the Minnesota Timberwolves for the 19th pick here. Uh, I think the Hawks here are going to take a project and maybe have a guy with enough potential to move into the rotation with Kieta Bates-Diop from Ohio State, the 6'8", 225-pound junior. He can play the three or the four, and they're going to need some – if they take Doncic like I have them taking early in the draft, they're going to need a guy who can play down low – with John Collins, and Diop seems to be a, a project that would be interesting to the Hawks, uh, a guy who's – he's 6'8", so he'd be undersized at the undersized at the four. However, he could probably stretch the floor enough to cause havoc because most teams are going to that sort of offense nowadays anyway. So Diop could be a, a solid role player for the Hawks. Thomas. I went with depth for the Hawks here at 19. I went with Jalen Brunson, the point guard out of Villanova. Uh, he's one of the most efficient players in the entire country last year. Great shooter. Um, clutch player, even though clutch is kind of a – he's not going to be a guy who's going to blow by you and wow you with any top top-end speed. But he's a guy who could, at this point in time, have a 10-year career in the NBA and – just he'll make a hundred million dollars by playing eighteen minutes a night. Okay. Oh, 
strangely enough, three picks in a row, Nate, were together. I got a die up <laughs> from Ohio State going there. Again, uh, I match your pick. Um, and looking at Atlanta, if uh, even if it shakes out with Brunson, like Tom, Thomas said, if the others go as, as planned with Schroeder and hanging in there. And uh, it's a nice little – I think Thomas said earlier, and maybe you know, tank this year, maybe in two years. And I hate that word tank, but you know, not have you know the, the star power this year. I should rephrase, rebuild. I don't think Atlanta would do. be doing it on purpose. I think it was just their personnel right, right, allowed right, right. it. That's that's where I'm going. Non Hinks little. That's a nice little uh, nucleus to build around. So I'm going Diop as well. All right, number twenty. My Minnesota Timberwolves, and I have them taking Kyrie Thomas, shooting guard, 6'4", 200-pound junior from Creighton. Uh, last year, Minnesota took Justin Patton, the project, out of Creighton. Uh, I think they go back because we need three-point shooting with the with everything in us. We have Andrew Wiggins, who has the big contract. Jimmy Butler's only going to be there guaranteed this year. Uh, I assume he'll re-sign, but we don't know yet have to see how this season goes. I think Thomas fits in for what we need. We lost Jamal Crawford. Rumor has it that uh, Tyus Jones is going to see some more action via leeches. Productivity has not been great. I think that Thomas fits what the team needs. We need a shooter. We need a guy who's going to knock down shots. And Thomas can come in right now and do that. He is older. He's a junior. So, And he's going to be a guy that's got to play defense. And he can play defense coming out of Creighton. So I think Kyrie Thomas is the pick here. I went with depth again. Um, I went with point guard Elio Kobo from France, 6'3", dynamic point guard. He could really – he's been on fire. He's been on draft boards. Probably he was a mid-second round pick in the early part of the spring, but I think he's going to play his way into the first round here. He's not going to take over the starting spot from Jeff Teague, obviously, but I think you have a concern with Jamal Crawford apparently opting out. Am I correct, Nathan? I can't see them – Yeah, he chose not back. to come back. I can't see them bringing back Derrick Rose at all or Aaron Brooks for that matter. So they're going to need some depth there. Okobo is going to be 21 very early in the season next year. So they're going to need somebody that can come in and actually play for them, even though he's not going to be a guy who's going to be the savior of the franchise. He could spell Teague on the second squad, and I think that'll be a good pick for them at number 20. Nate, your team uh, baffles me because I've heard that they want Wiggins out. I heard that they're keeping Wiggins. I heard Wiggins is not a Tibbs guy, blah, 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 blah. Um, So I just went with the best player, in my opinion, that was on the board, and that's Chandler Hutchinson out of Boise State. I wouldn't hate that pick either. Uh, Armando Martinez offered me the 12th and 13th pick for Wiggins fictitiously. I declined him. Um, But, hey, you never know. Rumor, there's been rumors circulating with Wiggins, so who knows what may happen. Um, but moving on, 21, the Utah Jazz, where they don't allow music in Utah. Um, we have them picking at 21. They had a great season this year. Uh, Donovan Mitchell really stepped up and, and played well for them. I have them taking Kevin Huter, shooting guard, 6'7", 195, out of Maryland, I think he can add some depth. He's big. He's a big shooting guard. He's six foot seven. They could play him at the three if need be, uh, behind Joe Ingles. They could have Mitchell play the point guard, move him at the two even. Um, 
he's got a lot of diversity. He can shoot the ball. He's a good defender. I think he would fit in very nicely with Utah if they would go with him here. Um, Thomas. I went with Kata Bates-Diop from Ohio State. Um, he's one of the rare 22-year-olds you're going to see in this first round of the draft. Uh, great length, 6'7", seven, seven one wingspan. Uh, can guard three positions at the NBA level. And I, I think at this level of picking here, he's a guy who's been a team-first player his entire career, who can do all the dirty work, dive for loose balls, doesn't need – to be a focal point in the offense, to be effective, uh, setting screens, offensive rebounding. Uh, I think the problem, though, with him, you're not going to get a great shooter out of him. So you're not going to be able to replace Joe Ingles, so to speak, with that at the three, and you're not going to get rid of Favors or Crowder or uh, uh, Jonas Jacarbo otherwise. But I think that Bates Diop will be a rotation guy for them immediately. Huh. Um, I'm going to be the asshole. I'm going to go Utah. Utah, I traditionally, uh, from my childhood, think white guys and Carl Malone. So I'm going to be that guy (laughs) (laughs) and put Grayson Allen in the jazz uniform. I'll be the, the Grayson Allen guy, pushing him all the way up to number 21. How do you forget about Howard Isley? (laughs) <laughs> Byron Russell, sir. <laughs> All right, there's there's been a few, but you know, Salt Joe Lake is Johnson. not known. Well, Salt Lake is not known for. There's not many world star hip hop tapes emanating from Salt Lake. Put it that way. Well, you haven't heard from uh, Little Salt Lick. All right, moving on. That's made up, by the way. Uh, moving on, twenty-two, the Chicago Bulls. I have them taking uh, – they take Michael Porter Jr. earlier in the draft. I think to cover their ass, they take Chandler Hutchinson, the shooting guard small forward from Boise State. Uh, if Porter Jr. doesn't work out, they have this guy who six seven hundred ninety five pounds. He's a great wing player, as Thomas pointed out earlier, um, from Boise State. He can really do a lot of things. And if Porter Jr. does pan out, they have a solid shooting guard. So I think this is a win-win for them to cover their own ass if they take Porter Jr. earlier in the draft. Uh, Thomas. The problem with Chicago right now is they're going to get, in my uh, mock, Wendell Carter Jr., and really all they have in the backcourt is Chris Dunn and Zach Levine. Levine is a playmaker, but he's playing on the wrong side of the ball as a shooting guard. So what you're going to need is you're going to need a pick-and-pop scorer in your backcourt a guy who can come in as a sixth man off the bench and score, you know, 14 points a night. A guy like Dante DiVincenzo, for example. I think he's a guy that could score 13, 15 points a night in the league. He's a 6'5 wing who can actually maybe play the three when you get into small ball. And the Bulls, again, they're a team that's really sitting around on a boatload of money in free agency waiting for guys like Markinen waiting for guys like Levine, if he ever does develop, waiting for if a Wendell Carter Jr. comes in. And a guy like Dita Vincenzo can bridge the gap there. And I'm not saying they could be an eight seed with these guys coming in, but they're a lot better off than they were last year. Well, isn't that interesting? Uh, Being the homer that I am, Delaware is Mr. Basketball, and Villanova's 
uh, finals MVP with that outstanding performance and six man capability. As you mentioned, I also have Dante going to Chicago. Um, and with Wendell and with Markin and et cetera, and Dunn showing some improvement. I, I agree with you. I think Chicago is on the upswing, um, especially if it pans out the way we've, uh, uh, which guarantees that it's not going to happen probably. But if it swings out that way, and it pisses me off because I'd love Dante to stick around until the Sixers pick at 26, but he's already been invited to be there live, which he wasn't even sure if he was ready to come out. So, He's impressed the shit out of everybody at the combines, and he's just kicking ass everywhere you turn. So I'm with DiVincenzo as well on 22. Well, moving on to the Indiana Pacers now at 23. Um, at this point in the draft, you're not going to be finding guys that you think are going to start right away or jump in. They're going to find their role. And Victor Oladipo didn't have a lot of help behind him at shooting guard this past season. He was a great player, but they need a little more depth there. So I think the Indiana Pacers will take Gary Trent Jr., shooting guard, 6'5", 205 pounds out of Duke. He's a freshman. Uh, really didn't get to show everything he can do since it was the Marvin Bagley show. But I think the Pacers will add that depth there for them as they move forward. And he will be a tremendous role player for the Pacers as they go along. Uh, he may not be NBA ready yet, but – he'll get some, some playing time and he'll get some opportunities behind all the depot with Indiana Thomas. Right now, the guard play in Indiana is pretty solid at the starting position with Collison and Victor Oladipo. The question is, will they re-sign Lance Stevenson? With my pick, I'm assuming they're not. They don't want to deal with the bullshit with him. I think they go Troy Brown out of Oregon, who really does everything that Lance Stevenson does at one-third the price, which he'll be getting out of the rookie scale. He's a 6'7", two-guard. He's only going to be – he's only 18 years old right now. He's got a lot of agility. He's a high flyer who could I'll, – I'll say right now, we'll be in the dunk contest in February. And he can hold his own against the guys that play the three as well. I think the problem with him right now is – and why he can't play even for a poor team any elongated minutes, he's out of control. He tries to be Jamal Crawford and take a lot of wild shots, but he just doesn't have have the talent to do it yet. Does he develop that? Do they put him in the G League? What do they do? I think Troy Brown, though, is the best pick if they don't re-sign Lance Stevenson. Hmm. I had no idea Troy Brown was still 18. Interesting. Uh, He's not my pick, but but something I didn't know. He'll be 19 next month. Yeah, but still, I mean, still being 18 and uh, and drafted at that age, even though it's a month away, it's still still a pup. And he's got, like you said, he's got a lot of a lot of upside. Um, Indiana's got my uh, favorite guy that didn't go to college and shares the same last name, Mitchell Robinson. Um, projections from the quote unquote experts had him some very much lower and some a little higher. I I just love the guy's game. I, I I love the analogy you made earlier with Hassan Whiteside, and I think it may be a little quicker in Mitchell's case. Uh, hopefully he's not a whack job because he, he committed to, I believe, Western Michigan at one point because he had a connection there. I don't know if there's academic issues or whatever the situation is. But 
what I saw on the floor was pretty dominating and pretty devastating. And uh, within two, three years, I think he's going to be a major force. So Mitchell Robinson, Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, whatever the hell. <laughs> I'm picking for the Colts all of a sudden. Moving on to 24 as TR tips his hat to the Hoosier State. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers. Um Interesting with Portland um, with this pick. I don't know who they take here. This is a, this is tough. I don't know, but I think they go Jacob Evans, small forward, six five, two hundred pounds out of Cincinnati. He's a solid defender. He was a great player at Cincinnati. Really led the the Bearcats to their thirty win season, and then getting bounced in the second round, ruining my bracket. But nevertheless, Evans, uh, he's a solid player. They have Kim, or they they have Lillard. They have McCollum, and that's about it. They have like Al Farouk Aminu, I think, might be their starting uh, small forward if memory serves. They've already got 100,000 big guys that suck. Uh, Myers Leonard, Zach Collins are the examples there. Um, they do have – hey, I'm telling the truth. They have one good big guy up there in Yusuf Nurkic. Um, so I don't think they need a big per se – but I think Evans fills a need for them at small forward because they haven't had really a great small forward that could really add to their scoring other than um, we had Darrell Wright years ago. But they really need small forwards. I think Jacob Evans. Thomas? I uh, I did a little bit of just kind of fantasy booking, so to speak, here. Because a lot of times you see – and I'm not going to put a trade in here because I'll totally just nuke everything we've talked about for the last hour and a half now. But everything you read – and you hit the nail around the head, Nathan, that they don't have any big men. They have two great guards. So somewhere down the line, they're going to have to make a decision, either Damon Lillard or C.J. McCollum, and Lillard's the no-brainer. So I think they're going to have to rather C.J. McCollum for big guys or or picks or both or whatever's going to be down the road. So I went with Anthony Simmons, a shooting guard who didn't, didn't attend college, but in the class of 2017, he was probably the best three-point shooter coming into that freshman class. He's a good ball handler. He's quick with the ball. He's G League all the way. But at the same time, I think with a little bit of development, he could be a poor man's McCollum, which at 24 you have to embrace and, and just love. So Anthony Simmons out of Florida. Portland, uh, I know um... – they do need help down low. However, I, you know, like you said about the potential trade and blowing up the uh, backcourt, you know, they also have Napier and et cetera. But I, I'm, I'm assuming something strange is going to happen, which I should never assume. But I'm going to take Bruce Brown at a University of Miami, who, without injury, was a badass-looking player, and uh, I think would have been rated much higher. And if they're going to fill a gap, if they get rid of CJ or or whatever happens, uh, I guess that plays into my into my pick. But that's who I'm going with, Bruce Brown out of Miami. All right, the LA Lakers own the 25th pick, and they are going to have the probably the most interesting offseason. Every year it seems the Lakers have 105 guys wanting to come play for them, and then they end up with, you know, uh, Timothy Mozgov signs a big contract. So who knows with the Lakers this off season, I think they take a gamble here because LA loves drama. Magic Johnson loves the, the drama. He got Lonzo ball. 
I think the Lakers take on my board still Mitchell Robinson center seven one two hundred twenty five 225 pounds. I think they take him to fill the need there. Brooke Lopez is, was just a filler for contract space. Uh, they get a young Mitchell Robinson and imagine this guy playing alongside if they land a LeBron James and a Paul George, that could be devastating if he's there. So I think Mitchell Robinson goes to LA Thomas. I think with the Lakers, they have to, anybody who you pick from at this point in time has to contribute immediately. And the reason why I say that is they're going to have to get rid of some guys, whether it's Randall in a sign-and-trade, whether it's Ball, whether it's Kyle Kuzma. Some of their younger talent is going to be gone, and they don't have the cap space to sign these guys like Dwayne Wade on veteran minimum deals. So I want senior small forward <laughs> Melvin Frazier out of the University of Tulane. Uh, actually, he'll be the first player ever in the history of Tulane to be taken in the first round. But at 6'6", he has a 7'2 wingspan. He can guard the, the th- 2, 3, or 4. He's a shutdown guy in one-on-one defense. He can play above the rim a little bit, like maybe like Julius Randle. He's a great on-ball defender, can, can st- get steals for you. But he's not a shooter. But if you're going to have LeBron James and Paul George on the team, I could play, I could play two guard and hit the, hit the side of the backboard by three and, and fine. <laughs> The, the fact is, though, you need guys that can play defense. The guys that can – LeBron James and Paul George can't play 44 minutes a night, and they won't play 44 minutes a night. So you need guys that come in there for your 10 to 14 minutes a game, play D, they get four points great, if not, oh, well. So Melvin Frazier of the Lakers. For the Lakers, this is a maybe selfish pick, a homer pick, because in two respects – uh, one, because the Sixers pick immediately after, and a guy I like could be there um, if I go the other way. So it may be just me being a homer and rooting for the Sixers. But L.A. has Lonzo Ball, LeVar Ball, blah, 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 blah. Um, I never heard he's untouchable. And as Thomas said, they cannot keep all that young talent if they're bringing in or planning to bring in all the rumors that they're planning to bring in. Um, And even if they do keep Lonzo Ball, Jalen Brunson is a solid NBA player, maybe not starter, but good to have on any roster. Comes from a pedigree of his father, Rick, who had a little problem in Minnesota. And I think his mom's hot, so she'll fit in in L.A. very well. Uh, so I got Jalen Brunson for untraditional um, draft breakdown of who I pick. Uh, hot mom factor. The hot mom factor is something I didn't really look at, TR. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, it's not usually <laughs> looked at by anybody but me. It should be. All right, 26th pick, TR's guys are back up again. The Philadelphia 76ers. Um, to me, this is an interesting pick for them if they keep it and don't try to trade. I think they um, – It'll depend on what they do in free agency, what they plan to do. I think a good idea for them would be to take Ellie Okobo, shooting guard, 6'2", 180 from France. Um, if you sign J.J. Reddick, great. You can stash Okobo overseas and then bring him over in another year or two if need be. Um, if not, if you want to, if you get rid of that and try to go somewhere else with that cap space money, this guy could come in and come off the bench and play shooting guard because he, he seems almost ready to go now. He's not going to be a 
uh, a starter, but he can give you some minutes off the bench. So it's a win-win either way for them if they take him here. Thomas. Looking at Philadelphia's team, I had them taking Mikhail Bridges – I'm sorry, Miles Bridges at number 10. So obviously the, the conventional wisdom says to take a guard here. But when you look at the guard play they have there, Ben Simmons will be back, T.J. McConnell will be back. They're, they're good players, but you need a guy who's going to get in people's faces on the other team. Comes from a, a college pedigree who who's, likes to fight, so to speak. And where, what, what college breeds those players year in and year out more than the University of Cincinnati? I have shooting guard Jacob Evans going to the Sixers at number 26. Yeah, He's a 26. good offensive player. He's a good defender for the shooting guard. He can come off the bench. He played three years at Cincinnati, but he's only he just turned 21 on Monday. So he, he's really a, a third-year junior or a third-year sophomore, so to speak. So he got a free year there. He could come in early and play defense. He's a great basketball IQ. He's a good defender. And like I said, he's going to be a guy that's not going to take shit. And I think that's what a young team like that needs. So Jacob Evans from Cincinnati. I would not hate that being a Philadelphian because I agree they do need to toughen up and uh, they need those types of players to uh, kind of step in when needed. Uh, however, I went with your 25th pick, Thomas, because Melvin Frazier out of Tulane, um, I, I had vague knowledge of, to be honest, during the season and I watched the combine scrimmage and he was just making people look silly defensively. He ended up, you know, on the offensive end, scoring the most points for one of the scrimmages that I dialed in on. And uh, I liked the way he talked. I liked his confidence. I liked the way he admitted that he needs to learn. So he's not cocky, but he's confident. And uh, I hope the Lakers don't take him. I hope he's here at 26. So I got Melvin going to the Sixers at 26. All right, we're nearing the end of the first round here. Number 27, Boston Celtics. Um, I had them taking Dezana Munza, if, if I can pronounce that correctly. Uh, small forward, 6'9", 195 out of Croatia. Main reason being they have Jalen Brown, they have Jason Tatum, they have Gordon Hayward. They're going to lose a, to at least one, if not two, in the coming years. This guy's a good drafting stash. You get him here, you leave him overseas, let him develop. He's young. And then if you lose one, and unfortunately if you lose two of those guys, you bring him over, there's your role player for the future. I think Danny Ainge will be smart and take Musa here. Thomas. I think the Celtics, uh, I think you're right, Nathan, and I think they're going to get rid of somebody sooner rather than later, whether it is Kyrie, whether it's Hayward, whether it's Rozier, uh, one or more. Looking at their free agency, the only one I can – I think they're going to re-up Marcus Smart. It, it makes total sense. Other than that, really, Greg Monroe's probably going to be gone. So there's not really a whole lot of need, so to speak. But the greatest player that I've ever seen play college basketball in person, believe it or not, is Gary Trent Sr., who played for the University of Ohio. His nickname was the Shack of the Mac. I watched him score 40 points against West Virginia in the Coliseum about 23 years ago and his sons developed that same high IQ he plays like he's been in the league for five years already his problem is 
not a high wingspan. He doesn't have quickness. But he makes up for that with, with grit and intelligence. And that's the kind of guy that Brad Stevens likes. So I think they take a chance. Maybe they put him in the D League for a year and let him come up for injury concerns. But I'll go with Boston and Gary Trent Jr. 27 Celtics, Tyree Thomas, Creighton. I could go on a long um, reason why, but it's it's more due to what could happen in the uh, free agency and trade. So I'm just going to stick it to that. Kyrie Thomas out of Creighton. Okay. 28, Golden State Warriors, the defending champions, back-to-back champs. As if they need another one, I have them taking uh, Jerome Robinson, shooting guard from Boston College, 6'5", 190, simply based on the fact of they could lose Clay Thompson next year to off to the off season. So uh, I think they go Robinson here just to uh, have a guy who can step up, maybe not be what Clay Thompson is, but at least a shooter that can learn the offense this season. Thomas? I, I agree that Clay Thompson could be gone. And when you look at what Brooklyn did in the Dwight Howard trade, it looks like they're geared up to make a run at both Kawhi and Clay Thompson next off season. But keep in mind that Draymond Green could be an odd man out there as well, and that's kind of what I focused on here. I went with Omari Spellman from the University of Villanova, another kind of Draymond clone. He's got a great three-point shot. He's very strong in the paint. Um, I think when you look at the the depth that they are going to lose, I don't see David West returning for a 16th year. I don't see him bringing Zaza Pachulia back. I don't see them bringing Omri Caspi back, JaVale McGee, coin flip. So they're going to need some imported size, and they're going to need it soon. Jordan Bell's fine, but really after that, what are they going to have in terms of depth? So I went with Amari Spellman from Villanova. 28, I went guard as well. Uh, didn't factor in all that you mentioned about the size. I might have re- redid that for the 21st time had I thought that out. But it's kind of like you said, you could play two guard on uh, a couple teams ago. Golden State doesn't seem to be going anywhere soon as far as the immediate uh, next season. So I went DeAnthony Melton from USC as Golden State's 28th pick. Okay. 29th pick, uh, Brooklyn Nets. I have Amari Spellman. So uh, Thomas is 28th pick, power forward center from Villanova. He could really step in and do some things there with – with their center, whose name's escaping me right now, Jarrett. Um, I've Jared lost Allen. his name. Yes, Jared Allen. Um, I think Spellman could do some great stuff there. He's not NBA Taylor made yet. They trade to get Dwight Howard. Uh, they let that contract expire. They try to make a move towards Clay Thompson and or Kawhi Leonard next season. Meanwhile, you got Spellman there. He just sat behind. He got some minutes. Sat behind Howard and Allen. And now he's. Feels a little more NBA ready in the second year. So I think Brooklyn makes a good pick here. Thomas. I went with Kyrie Thomas out of Creighton here. He's a, he's a 6'3 and 6'4, we'll call him shooting guard, a little small for that end. I think he can play a little bit of point and, and give Jeremy Lin a spell and give Spencer Dinwiddie a spell. They're not stacked anywhere, this team. Jared Allen's still a couple years away, Julie Local for. I don't know what the hell happened to him. I had high hopes for him from day one, but he kind of just fizzled out in Philly. I think it was a, it was a toxic place for him personally. But I, when you look at Brooklyn's guards, there's not really that guy who can be instant offense. 
They don't have that with D'Angelo, who can, who can be a 20-point score on a bad team. The goal is to no longer be a bad team in 2019-2020, so to speak. Kyrie Thomas, I think, could come in, be a eighth man off the bench, get you a couple threes a game. So Kyrie Thomas to Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nets, uh, Nate, uh, you couldn't remember Jared Allen. Um, I could. But how could you? How could you with such uh, great centers as uh, Mozgov and uh, Jaleel Okafor? Uh, well, now it's actually changed, but that was my my line, sarcastic line. Anyhow, that bombed. No, no rim shot there. <laughs> no delivery. I'm tired. This thing gave me a headache. Anyhow, Gary Trent Jr., Duke, forward, going to Brooklyn. All right, last pick of the first round. We're halfway there. The Atlanta Hawks. I have them taking Dante DiVincenzo, shooting guard, out of Villanova. Just um, He's really the best player available. Atlanta's got a lot of picks, so they're just going to be doing a lot of that. So I think they're going to go Dante DiVincenzo. I will Zanin Musa out of Bosnia, 6'9", small forward. Only, he just turned 19 years old last month. Um, he's very scrawny, 6'9", 195, but a great three-point shooter. Can, like all European players, can dribble in the paint. But he's a guy who's really going to be the epitome of a stash and grab for the Hawks. I, I, he could have been a lottery pick had he come out next year, but I think he'll stay in Europe for another year or two and then come ready to play. Interesting. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, who I mentioned earlier, along with the Chicago Bulls, if if our picks are remotely correct, uh, nice little building blocks. And with the information Thomas uh, gave about this gentleman earlier, uh, it makes it even more a good pick at 30 to finish out the first round in Troy Brown from Oregon. Uh, he's still on my board, and to go along with the picks from earlier and uh, what they're trying to do. They're not making, they're not giving any indication that they're trying to get any big time guys coming in or spend a lot of money. Nice young nucleus. And that's it for the first round. All right, Tim, how we doing on time, brother? Uh, well, we got 37 minutes left, so we're, uh, okay. we're quite on pace, but close. So, I don't okay. imagine there'll be quite as much to say for round two. So yeah, I think round two will go a lot quicker, game, basically so. because so of. We should uh, be. We should be all right. All right. Thanks for being the commissioner and being here, buddy. We love you. No problem, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna be the Russ Brannick for round two then? If Tim was David uh, David Stern for round one. Yeah. <laughs> this year in this year's NBA draft, the so and so select. That's about how Stern the was. The, then they say it speaking for the 17th which, time. Well, speaking of which, these are only our predictions of how the rounds will go. Uh, if we get six out of 30, I think we're, we'll do a, a happy dance because the NBA draft is so unpredictable. You never know. It's like the NFL draft. Um, but here we go, second round. Let's kick it off. First pick of the second round, the Phoenix Suns. And they have done a lot in this draft. Oh, they got hold a lot on, of Nate. Nate. Go Nate. ahead. Nate, hold yeah. on. Why don't you? Why don't we switch the order up? Tom, okay. Thomas Robinson's kind of getting the short end of the stick here. By the time it's okay. his turn, I'll go last. Everything's been said. 
Yeah, let's let's switch the order up and give some, uh, give it a little different twist here. That's fine. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. <laughs> it's going to be I'll the same up. twist. I'm, I'm not going to do, do the analysis that these fucking two are. But anyway, I, I'm the white trash. What, I'm the white trash GM going first, but I'll take it. Uh, the Phoenix Suns again. Boom, boom, boom. A lot of picks. Uh, Ellie Okoba, Okoba, however the fuck it's pronounced. All I know is the few clips that I looked on YouTube, I couldn't find many, but he did look like he can play a little bit of ball. So, for France's own, take him, 31 sons. With the exception of a handful of guys here, these are all going to be G League specials, obviously, and anybody who follows the NBA knows that you take a lot of conference players of the year here, uh, European guys, lottery tickets, so to speak. And I'm taking a almost all of the above here at 31. Mo Wagner from Michigan. He's got the offensive game to play in the NBA right now. But he for, for a 6'11 and a half guy, he rebounds like a fucking scarecrow. So I think he needs to spend some time <laughs> in the G League and hopefully come into Phoenix. Well, I went a different route with Phoenix. I think uh, just in case they miss on their point guard from the first round, I think they go with Landry Shamet, point guard, shooting guard, six five one ninety from Wichita State, the sophomore. Um, again, I don't know how many of these guys, as was said, will actually see the court in the NBA, but you never know. There's a lot of good players out there, and this is actually a deeper draft than anticipated. So I think take a chance here on Landry Shamet. T.R., Memphis is up next. Memphis. Uh, Nate, you sold me on this motherfucker. And uh, the Sixers, when he worked out, he and Bruce Brown were said to have, like, a knockdown, drag-out, uh, one-on-one session with Javon Carter from West Virginia. Uh, the only thing that everybody says is that he's, you know, small, but... Everything else everybody says is positive on both ends of the well, obviously defensively first, but but he can play some offense as well. Um definitely an NBA player somewhere, somehow. Uh I think he's very good and I would rank him higher in my personal rankings, but that size issue is something that should be considered. And that's about the only, like, little bit of analysis that I'll give. But, uh, you know, you sold me. I, I paid more attention to him. And I think he's a really solid player. I, it would surprise me to see him not have a career in the NBA. So I'll take him for the, for the Grizz at 32. I'll talk about, about Javon Carter once I get him in the draft. I'm not, as a West Virginia alum, I'm not going to leave him sitting in the green room on draft night. But uh, I have for gotcha. Memphis uh, Josh Akogi shooting guard from Georgia Tech, insanely long, only six four and a half, so he's perfect size for a shooting guard, but a seven-foot wingspan. He can play both sides of the floor. He's a guy who's not going to be a star, obviously, and none of these guys probably are going to be a star, the exception maybe one or two, but a guy who can come out and give you, at the 30-second pick, 14 minutes a night. And if they can do that in Memphis with their guard play, I think he'll be fine. All right, well, Memphis, um, again, they have Mike Conley with that huge contract. But Mike Conley's getting older, and you may want to take a project now or a guy that you know can play if needed. Maybe something happens, take a take an injury maybe. They don't really have much 
behind Conley. So he's still on my board at 32. I have them taking Jalen Brunson, point guard from Villanova, 6'2", 200-pound junior. Uh, he's still there, so you take a chance on Jalen Brunson. Uh, normally, Villanova players don't usually turn into great uh, NBA players, but who knows? Brunson could be that exception to the rule. So, TR, next is Dallas. Dallas Mavs, uh, background Josh Brown's favorite squad. Um, I can't yes, understand all of my writing because I did it handwritten so I could scratch things out, but I have Jacob uh, Jacob Evans going there. I went with a uh, small four from Kentucky, Jared Vanderbilt. He's listed as a three. He could play four. He's 6'8", 215. He's going to be a great rebounder. He's not going to score many points for Dallas, but I think scoring really isn't the first issue they're going to have. Um, he can play offense successfully without shooting the ball, screening, rebounding, things like that. Total glue guy. Jared Vanderbilt from Kentucky to Dallas. All right, uh, Dallas, uh, they have Wesley Matthews at shooting guard, but they're going to really need to get somebody who can come in there because Matthews is really not that great at the shooting guard position. Don't know if this guy is going to be the answer to that, but I got him taking Anthony Simmons, point guard, shooting guard, 6'3", 185. Um, I think he can fit in there and possibly get some minutes early depending on how well he plays. Uh, probably a G League guy nonetheless. We'll see him down there, but – uh, Simmons could develop into something that the Mavs could use later on. TR. This this whole uh, section of my paper doesn't even have the. Uh, it's legible. the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks. All right. Uh, if you could help me in the next three with who's picking where. Um, I got you. Thirty-four Atlanta. I have Dijon, uh, as you said, a difficult name to pronounce. Um, Draft and stash. I have the Atlanta Hawks taking the University of Duke. Now, Allen's not going to do a whole lot in terms of athleticism. He's basically going to be, in other words, a, a, a poor man's J.J. Redick. I, I don't think he's much of a very versatile, doesn't have a big upside. He kind of is what he is. But I think at 34, you can do a, a whole lot worse than Grayson Allen. I think the Hawks take a flyer here on a guy who has fallen down my board because everybody has that guy that falls. And you guys took him earlier, but I didn't have him that high. And the Hawks take a flyer on a guy um, basically because of where he played. And that's Melvin Frazier from Tulane, 6'6", 200-pound uh, combo guard. The, I guess you could call him a point forward. Um, he's a shooting guard, small forward. He's a junior. He's a little older. Uh, take a chance on him. See if he can make the team from summer league. And like I say, take a flyer on him. Atlanta's got a lot of picks, so they can do a lot of damage um, in the second round here. TR next is Orlando. The Magic. I uh, I still have Okogi on the board from Georgia Tech. Makes sense. Great player at uh, 35. A steal at that number, in my opinion, not – not not a Donovan Mitchell level steal, but you know, all the way at thirty five I think he can help. I got a guy um who could actually be a, a mid to late first round pick, but he's not be able to play summer league due to a hand injury. I have Kevin Herter from the University of Maryland, a great three point shooter, already has NBA range. 
I think if he can develop and play well in the preseason, he can contribute right away. So Kevin Herter. There's a lot of people looking at Herter. Um, he's going to be interesting coming out. But Orlando, I have them with Evan Fournier as the guy. I have them sticking to their Florida roots, taking Bruce Brown, shooting guard from Miami, 6'5", 195 sophomore. I think, um, he, I think he could fit in nicely there in Orlando as they start to rebuild. TR, New York Knicks up next. Knicks, Wichita State, Landry Shinnett. Uh, for the New York Knicks, I have Javon Carter from West Virginia. They list him as 6'2". I think he's a hair below 6'1". He'll guard the point guard from, from baseline to baseline. His problem on offense is he can't really create his own shot due to his height and a little bit of a lack of leaping ability, but I think he's going to be a guy who's perfect at that spot just to play, just to be a defensive stalwart, and he'll make a, he'll make a career in this league doing just that. Good deal. I went a completely different direction as you guys. Uh, the Knicks need help up top. They need help down low. They need help everywhere. I think the Knicks take, with this pick, a rim protector, a guy who's not going to do much in terms of rebounding, but he's going to be a shot blocker and a defensive uh, – he's a, a stopper. And that's uh, Mo Wagner from Michigan, the point guard center – or the power forward center, excuse me, 6'11", 240 pounds. He's slow. Uh, he's not a great rebounder, but he's big. He can get in the way, and he can, he can score. He showed that he can score. So I think Wagner's the pick here at 36. TR, 37, Sacramento. Kings, um, piggybacking what you, who you just picked, Mo Wagner. Um, looked great in the tournament. Uh, the weaknesses were pointed out by both of you, but uh, I think he's an NBA player. I think Sacramento – has the ability to stash guys right now because they're not going to be good anytime soon. And one of the most intriguing guys that I looked at in the NCAA tournament that I thought could be better with a year or two of seasoning in college but chose to stay out was Trayvon Duvall from Duke, uh, point guard. He's still only uh, 19 years old right now, but he's a true point guard. He's a great dribbler. Unlike most uh, underclassmen, that come out he can play against spot up defense but he doesn't have the size to be an offensive point guard his defense isn't that great his outside shot needs a lot of improvement and I think he'll benefit from the G League but he's a guy that I'm comfortable with you know, he'll come out and have a productive NBA career okay Sacramento uh, again like you said they're not going to be good for a few years but I think this is a guy they can take and if he if he works out, he could really slide into that that rotation. He could maybe be the you know deep on the bench. Josh Oki or Okagi or however you pronounce it, shooting guard, small forward, six four, two hundred ten pounds from Georgia Tech, can shoot the ball. Not exactly huge, but may be able to work his way into a roster spot on that Kings team. Um, Tr, the next two picks are your Sixers. So yeah, I was going to say I know these two. Um, he's Diallo, um, with 38 and hope for the best, um, see what happens in his development and 39. I mean, I, I've actually heard Leandro this Ball. from, say again, Leandro Ball. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not unless LeVar takes over, but, um, 
Yeah, 39. I've I've heard the the name that I have trouble pronouncing and uh, from uh you know uh overseas Spain, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong. Um Corux is his last name. Good luck with the first name with an R. Um but that's a totally Brett Brown kind of pick and he's pulling the strings on draft night from what I understand with some help and bang right overseas keep him till he develops that's my opinion on those two picks for the Sixers 38-39 uh, for 38 I have Kevin Hervey uh, power forward from the University of Texas Arlington um, he can play the three a little bit because he can score on the outside he can bang inside defense is a bit of a question mark for him but I think they can kind of sit back on that for a little bit. And then when you look back at 39, I have a guy who's really kind of, he's been invited to the green room. So I think he's going to be the last person left as far as I know, but Jerome Robinson from Boston college, uh, he's a great shooter. I've seen him go as high as the back end of the lottery to the early teen or late teens. Rather, like I said, a great shooter had a great workout. Uh, with Washington a few days ago. So he could even end up at 15 here, but I decided to go another direction. But it'd be a steal for Philly to get Jerome Robinson at 39. Fucking right it would. Well, um, you named off two players, right, Thomas? I didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah, uh, a kid from Arlington, too. Yeah, Yeah, Arlington. I couldn't remember who who you took for that. All right, uh, I'm going to do 39 first. Uh, Philly takes a draft and stash from Latvia, Rodamon's Caracas, Power forward, 6'10", You're welcome. 6'10", 220-pound power forward from Latvia. But at 38, I think Philly gets the steal of the second round, and they take 6'1", 195-pound guard, Javon Virginia. Carter is – he was a defensive player of the year. And so he played against the good players. He shut Trey down during the regular season, and – I honestly believe those were the two best teams in the NCAA tournament when they played in the Sweet 16. Um, West Virginia hung right with Nova, who was blowing teams out. Uh, Carter is a defensive nightmare. He's a guy like T.J. McConnell. He's going to guard you 90 feet, 92, 94 feet. He's going to he's going uh, in the parking lot. He'll guard you in the parking lot. He doesn't care. He's got the work ethic. Uh, Bob Huggins signed him too. He was the only D1 player. He was the only school West Virginia was to offer him a D1 scholarship. No other school in the country D1 offered him a scholarship. Uh, Bob Huggins saw him playing uh, defense at 8 o'clock in the morning. He was full court pressing while nobody else on the team was. It was 8 o'clock in the morning and he was full court pressing. Bob Huggins said, this is a guy that's got to play for me. And his career, he'll make the Sixers squad and he will be the guy that pushes Mark. They're going to use him to push Markel Fultz to get better. Um, he may not be a great player, but he has that Tony Allen-like aspect. Uh, he could turn into a P.J. Tucker even. Carter's going to be an NBA talent, I guarantee it. And uh, that's my picks for the Sixers. 40 is uh, Brooklyn, T.R. Yeah, but uh, just a comment. I hope one of you two is right, and I'm not, because I'd love either of those guys here. Um, Brooklyn, um I don't know about Brooklyn, man. I just I just think everything they do will fuck up. But um, Shake Milton's still there, so I'm gonna I'm gonna send Shake up to uh, up to Brooklyn. Brooklyn order to Shake. 
There you go. Uh, you hit the nail on the head there, TR. You can take anybody here at Brooklyn, and it's not really going to make much of a difference. I took uh, Rodian Kurix from Latvia, and I think we've set a record for pronouncing his first name three different ways <laughs> now, and I can't <laughs> tell you which one of us is right. Somebody's right. <laughs> I, maybe. Uh, maybe. He's a good shooter at six. It's not a good shooter. Here. I, he's a real, he's a scrawny guy. Uh, not a whole lot of really on him except for workout videos on YouTube. Uh, but I think the Nets take him and they stash him for a couple of years. Uh, Forty for Brooklyn. You got to sell tickets uh, because your team's going to suck, and you're making moves for next season. And is there a guy in the second round you can get to sell tickets on my board? There is because this guy will sell you tickets if nothing else. And that's Grayson Allen. Shooting guard from Duke, six four, two hundred pounds. He may not make, he may not be a rotation player, but if you get him out there talking some smack later on in the game, he may be the kind of guy that can get people to come watch your game. And it's a business. Uh, sometimes you got to make a pick based on business. And I think Grayson Allen is a good player, but he's not a first round talent. And like Thomas said earlier, poor man's JJ Redick, but Brooklyn could take a chance here with with Allen. And the next pick, Tr, is the Magic. Would it be real bad if I said, man, you tripping? Anyhow, sorry, <laughs> moving on. That's a good one. <laughs> Told you, I had a headache tonight. I did. I changed this thing 30 times in like an hour. Anyhow, uh, 41. Uh, who, who's picking 41 again? Orlando. Oh, thank you. Um, I, 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 I pulled this guy down a bunch of times. Um he may be a steal for Orlando at 41. I think he's off both of y'all's board. Um, home team, Homer, Amari Spellman. Um, he just had certain games. I watched probably 80% of Villanova's games this year. Certain games where he would just uh, look like he was somewhere else. Um, other times he looked like a world beater. So I didn't want to put him up too high. Um, but that's where I got him at 41. At 41, in, and really on through this point of the draft, you want guys either that have a world of potential that haven't met it yet, or they're perennial overachievers. I think this guy really is a part of the former and the latter. Uh, he can get better, but he really hasn't reached his potential yet, and that's Landry Shamet from Wichita State. Smart guy, always makes the right pass. He's a, an effective shooter. He can get his own shot, but the problem is he's weak. I, I, you would figure that at the college level he would get stronger, especially now being a 21-year-old. He's played now three years in, in the NCAA. The only thing I could think of, if, you, if he's going to play in the NBA, it's going to take time in the G League. Either, either. So Orlando rolls the dice on Shemet. Um, I think I have Orlando going uh, with a pick TR made just a little bit ago with one – Shake Milton, the shooting guard out of SMU. Uh, Orlando needs a lot of help in a lot of places, and I think Shake Milton could be a guy that maybe could come in. And, and like I say, you're not going to get many big-time players here. You're going to get some end-of-the-bench guys. But I think Shake Milton could be a guy that makes a roster, and uh, he, would, he would fit in nice in Orlando, I believe. Um, 42 TR is the Detroit Pistons. Detroit under Dwayne Casey. Um this is one of those guys who uh, 
seemingly always make the league, but somehow don't get in the top 60. Um, they get invited and they, they somehow find their way. Uh, you know, Frank Mason is a, a direct example. Um, as far as um, college player, underrated by pro scouts, et cetera, and then he, he ends up somewhere and contributing. So with that all said, uh, Devontae Graham out of Kansas, I believe, will go 42. Uh, not a whole lot for me here at 42. Uh, just went for the best defender available in the backcourt. Um, prototypical end-of-the-bench guy. I went with DeAnthony Melton, shooting guard out of USC. For the Pistons, this is their, I believe, their only pick of the draft, if I'm not mistaken. They traded their first-round pick in the deal with um, the Clippers. That's why Clippers got the back-to-back picks. Um, the Pistons... If they can get a player here that may make the squad and get and help them, that would be beneficiary. And on my board, there's a player that may not be able to help this year, but maybe in a couple of years could could really contribute at a position that they're lacking at since they traded Tobias Harris. And that's Jared Vanderbilt, small forward, 6'9", 215 pounds from Kentucky. Uh, you don't go play at Kentucky if you're not good. So Vanderbilt has potential to get to that next level. And if Detroit can get him here at 42, hang on to him, let him develop, um, I believe I'm not sure who they have right now, honestly, at shooting guard, um, right off the top of my head, but, um, or not shooting guard, excuse me, small forward, but, uh, I think he could help long term, maybe not now, but eventually. TR 43 we'll Denver. Chandler, Nathan. Oh, yeah, they do, don't they? Do they? I thought Denver had Wilson Chandler. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Denver. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Detroit. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself here. You are. Uh, Detroit, yeah. Detroit has uh, Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson. Okay. That's not a name that's going to really break any uh, any surprises here. So, I think Jared Vanderbilt could help out, and that could be a pick that Detroit will fall in love with at 42. Denver is 43, TR. Denver, I'm going, uh, you know, I, I I didn't see much of him because I was concentrating on eight and every time I watched Arizona, but Raleigh Alkins, um out of Arizona. Uh, not a whole lot here for me, either at 43 to Denver with Goga, but Batazzi, I'm sure I fucked that up. He's a uh, going to be a stash center from the, from the U- Ukraine, Georgia, as a matter of fact. So they're, they're not going to get rid of uh, Nokic, obviously. They're not going to move him anytime soon. This is a pick for depth down the road, and I think he has the potential to be a second-team center, and they have the options of keeping him in Europe for a couple years. So, One thing Denver lacked this season is a while Gary Harris was a good point guard this year, he's not going to be the point guard of the future. Uh, they need to look at guards here. Maybe you're not going to get your point guard of the future, but here's a guy you can develop in the, the G League. Um, DeAnthony Melton for Denver could could really be great for them. He's a good defender. 6'3", 195 out of UFC. UFC. The USC. <laughs> sophomore. Yeah, shut up, TR. <laughs> but uh, DeAnthony uh, Melton, I think, would be a good steal here for Denver falling down draft boards at 43. 44, Washington Wizards, TR. Washington, uh, I, I think – I know Thomas already used this pick, and uh, the reason I got him so low is obviously because he didn't play last year in college. But Anthony Simmons – um, a lot of upside. Wizards need some some help. 
drastically and uh, might be a sleeper at 44. I agree with a sleeper at 44 here with Washington, but I went with 18-year-old Isaac Bonga out of Germany. He's a 6'9", small forward, painfully skinny. He'd be, he would die in about 15 minutes in an NBA game right now. But I, they say he's still growing. So if he can get to 6'11 and fill out a little bit, he ha, I mean, he's, he's a great defender already in the Euro Leagues. He, he has the position. He has the IQ to do that. But he is just so clueless on offense right now to where he may get – it's, it's, it's a lottery ticket right now. He may get here and be a potential all-star. You may never hear this name again. So, Isaac Bonga, good riddance. Needs to have a couple wiener schnitzels. He's 6'8", 179. That's a, that's a rough one. Have some beer, kid, if you're old enough over there. Uh, moving on, Washington Wizards, I have them taking – they're going to have to look at a center eventually. They've got Gortat. Uh, just aging center. So I think they take a chance here on Brandon McCoy, 7'1", 250-pound center out of UNLV. He's just a freshman. Could really develop into something big. And if you're seven foot, you've always got some chance in the NBA. Somebody will give you an opportunity. And I think Washington will look at McCoy at 44. Brooklyn's next, TR at 45. Uh, the Nets rearing their ugly head again. I'll go, I'll give them Justin Jackson out of Maryland. Um and hope for the best. I went with Alonzo Trier. Uh, he ended up playing a little bit in the University of Arizona. He, he left the team, I believe. Good defender, good body control, could be an end-of-the-bench guy immediately. He's not going to be a star. There's, not real, there's no real ceiling for this guy. He kind of is what he is. But I think that he's going to be a guy who eventually – could be in your rotation. So here's a question mark when I said that, because I don't even, I, I doubt myself even picking this guy now. Good luck, Charlotte. Oh. Alonzo Trier. <laughs> uh, Brooklyn here. I have them taking Raleigh Atkins or uh, Alkins, excuse me, Raleigh Alkins, shooting guard, 6'4", 220 pounds out of Arizona. Uh, Brooklyn just needs so much help. There's really no analysis to it. They, they're going to, they just got all these picks. Some of these guys are going to make the roster just because, and then we're never going to hear from them again whenever they go out after if they can get a couple free agents. But um, I think Raw could could slide in here at 45. Uh, 46, Houston Rockets, TR. Houston Rockets, I have uh, Kevin Herbie going out of 46. And this this lower second round is all, you know, just – hit or miss with me. I don't have anybody I really love. As a guy who uh, could be a first-round pick potentially, but I have him falling down the draft boards again as well, and that's going to be uh, Aaron Holiday, uh, the point guard from UCLA. He's a good, good, strong, quick guard. He's a guy you could trust to, to protect the league at the end of the game, good foul shooter. I think down the road – it allows them depth for if and when Chris Paul does leave. I'm not saying that Holiday can be a starter tomorrow, but I think he's a guy that could be on on the starting 13 man or 13 man roster in October. Well, TR, I'm going to agree with you. I think the Rockets go with Kevin Hervey, the power forward, small forward, six eight, two hundred fifteen pound uh, player from UT Arlington, right in Texas. Uh, Hervey is a senior, so he's a little bit older. 
It's a position that they don't have anybody they're really in love with. That Ryan Anderson contract is putrid. Uh, P.J. Tucker plays in that position. You got Trevor Ariza there, but the four spot never really been one that the Rockets can fill up confidently, I would say. So, Hervey may be on the bench, and if he can learn D'Antoni's system, maybe he can slide into a uh, a rotation spot late in the year, but more than likely he's just going to be a, a G League kind of player. Uh, L.A. Lakers at 47, T.R. All right, just a related question with Houston. Did I hear in the last couple of days that Paul uh, verbally stated that he's going to stick with Houston? Uh, I would assume he is, but I haven't heard anything concrete. All right, I never know what I hear or I friggin' dream or think or whatever. Um, anyhow, 47, uh, who, who's L.A., is it? Yeah, Lakers. I'm going to go with a uh, gentleman who's familiar with Los Angeles, USC. Um Considering I saw him play twice this year, I'm having trouble with his name, even though I, I should know it. Uh, Matu is his last name, and Shim Matu is that how you how you pronounce it? Shimizi Matu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, got him going to Lakers. Um, I have two ultimate quote unquote lottery tickets here between now and the end of the draft where these guys could be utter stars or they could be nothing. And by I mean all stars. This first guy is going to spend at least two years in the G League, I think. He's from the University of Dayton, and I'm going to take a deep breath so I can say his name. Kostas Anatokounmpo, a.k.a. the Greek freak's little brother. Freak's brother, yeah. He's 6'10", 195, so he's in no means ready for the NBA body-wise. But he runs the floor a lot like his brother. His shot isn't terrible right now. And unlike other 6'10 players, so I think we take the 20-year-old Anatokounmpo from the University of Dayton and stash him away. Okay, we missed you. We lost you a little bit there in the middle, Thomas. Um, I go ahead and good. nothing. <laughs> well, I have the Lakers taking, and boy, you guys want to talk about butchering a name? Here we go. Sfi Mikalika, the shooting guard Metal from League. Kansas. Yeah, I can't pronounce that name at all. Six eight, two hundred ten pound shooting guard out of Kansas. Um, Lakers are going to need some depth. If they go out and sign all these guys, they're going to have to actually this. I think this guy may be a guy who makes the roster. Uh, you're going to have to have guys that are ready to come in and play now. Uh, and he sh- could be ready to play right now with his experience and his size. Um, you can't take a young guy and expect to fit him in here. You're going to need guys. If you get all those free agents you're after. So this could be a guy the Lakers get, and he actually has to come in and play some minutes for him. TR up next, my T wolves. Your T-Wolves, I actually have uh, somebody at least I have knowledge of and watch play a lot, and that's Trey Duvall, who's still on my board at 48. So at 48, that could be a nice pick for the T-Wolves. Um, I think Thomas said he still has a uh, a ways to go in development, but, you know, showed some flashes of brilliance in, in crunch time 
certain games this year. And, uh, you know, you never know with these kind of guys, but I'm giving them to you, Nate. Well, now it sounds like we're both kissing his ass now. I have <laughs> here uh, a little blurb. The guy that I have going to the T-Wolves here in the second round was actually potentially the best athlete that declared for last year's draft but pulled his name out. And that's Hamadou Diallo. Diallo is an incredible athlete. I think he's a, he can be a scorer in the NBA. He can be a 20-point guy in the NBA. He's a guy, if you eventually walk away from Andrew Wiggins, could step in and take that job. Now, his shooting's a little bit, you know, suspect right now, but I think he's a slash-and-grab scorer, and I think he could play immediately in the NBA. Well, TR, I appreciate you kissing my ass there. Uh, <laughs> but I'm yeah, going give you some love. I'm going to actually agree with you. I have Trayvon Duvall going to the Wolves as well at 48, the uh, 6'3", 190-point guard out of Duke. We love taking point guards out of Duke in the second round, i.e. Um, Tyus Jones. Duvall could come in, and we have a lot of point guard depth, but um, I think Duvall could, could slide down in our G League if we decide to part with Aaron Brooks, so uh, it's possible we part with Aaron Brooks. We uh, There's rumors of us moving and trying to get Kimball Walker in a deal, uh, but Duvall could be a guy who can come in and develop into a nice piece for the T-Wolves. Um, we've only got about three minutes left here on our live portion of our show, so we want to thank you guys for listening so far. We're on pick 48 in the NBA draft as we run through here. We've got uh, about 12 picks to go, so we'll be going into our extra time. Uh, you can check us out and download the show after we're, after we're done here, and you'll be able to listen to the whole thing in its entirety if you're listening live. So be sure to tune in. We're on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, anywhere you download podcasts. We're also on the all pro radio network and thanks to everybody that's listening to us over there those guys are great uh check out our sponsors the law offices of stephen p new at newlawoffice.com wowfreecam.com and makeup kennedy at facebook.com slash makeup kennedy uh show us some love leave us a five-star rating on itunes and thank you guys so much for listening we are going to continue now with pick 49 so if we go off the air Uh, Just remember, you can listen to it after the show. TR, pick 49, goes to the San Antonio Spurs. You're up. The Spurs. uh, I don't know if it's uh, quite a Popovich move, so to speak, but who knows what's going on with that franchise right now. And he just lost his wife, unfortunately, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, rumors that he's not going to be around that long um, coaching San Antonio. And with all that disarray and such a solid organization, maybe some things will change. Uh, I didn't really put as much thought into it as I as it sounded like I did. But one of those guys that got caught up in that, uh, you know, scandals and character issues and briberies and whatever, uh, Billy Preston is a, a great talent. So I'm going to go with Billy Preston at 49. I went with a guy from Sudan who went to high school in Ontario, who now plays in Australia, who's basically fucking Carmen San Diego. But I went with a very undersized center, uh, Mature Maker. 
His brother is Thawne Maker. He's 6'10", only 195, so he needs time to fill out as well. But he's 21, so the, the, time, the clock's going to start rolling for him. Obviously, the talent is there. He's a great underneath guy, great shot blocker. But he's going to have to spend some time in the G League as well. Well, when the Spurs make draft picks, I've noticed that they always make draft picks based on who can fit into the system the right way. Now, in the second round, I think the Spurs are going to take a guy that may be two years away from being two years away. He is a young guy. So I'm going to take the Spurs getting Isaac Bogna, small forward from Germany, 6'8", 179. If he fills out and is able to uh, step up his game overseas, they'll stash him. Let him develop. He gets bigger. He may end up being a force for the Spurs as they are known for their international stars coming over under Popovich and really doing well. TR number 50, the Indiana Pacers. We have 10 picks to go. University of Kentucky, you can't go wrong. As you said earlier, they're all fucking McDonald's All-Americans before they get there. And if they're eighth man on the bench there, that still doesn't indicate that they won't be a good pro. So at 50, I'll give them Vanderbilt. I went with Ray Spaulding from the University of Louisville. Now, there's not a lot of depth besides Davis, who's a do-it-all guy. Then you have Miritich. Then you have Okafor, who I don't know if they want to even consider bringing Okafor back because it was more of an emergency situation. DeMarcus Cousins, big question mark. Spaulding Spaulding has really improved year after year in Louisville. He's a 6'10 guy, 7'4", three-quarter wingspan. He could really clog up the paint. I think he's worth a stash in the back of your bench. Okay. I have Indiana looking at Gary Clark, small forward power forward from Cincinnati, 6'8", 225 pounds. Uh, They're going to have to get some size uh, because I believe Thaddeus Young is considering walking away. From Indiana, from Indiana, I'm doing what TR did earlier, walking away from Indiana, and uh, they're really going to need some depth down low. Clark may not be a guy that can make an immediate impact, but he's he's a senior, he's older, he's um, he could be NBA made for a good role, be a good role player off the end of your bench. Uh, Pelicans up next, TR at 51. Uh, the only reason this guy's so low for me. Um because of the hand injury and I am weird with injuries coming out. Uh, also that's why Porter jr. Dropped all the way to the Knicks on my board. Kevin Herter, Adam out of Maryland. He was up, uh, 15 spots higher in my original draft, but, um, because a hand injury is going to keep him out two months and his strength is shooting. I always worry about those guys until I, uh, until I see them. I don't know why I had New Orleans at 50 and Indiana at 53 on here. So ignore that. Assume that pick I made last for the uh, Pelicans was Spalding still. But with (laughs) Indiana, I went with Kenrich Williams, a small forward out of TCU, another big 12 guy. Um, He's a guy really probably his best case scenario is going to be at the end of the bench. Not a great shooter, rebounder, just a little bit of everything on the floor. But, you know, Heads or tails, have you ever seen in an NBA game? Uh, for New Orleans, I have them taking the freak athlete that is Hamadeo Delio, uh, shooting guard from Kentucky. Um, they really need some help at shooting guard. They don't have a lot of big-time scorers. You're looking at um, just some – you know, you got Drew Holiday out there. Rondo's not really a good shooter. 
per se. You've got just a lot of players out there, but you got two great bigs. Cousins may walk, but you got Davis. Um, I think they could take this guy, and if he pans out to be the athlete that everyone knows him for, he could end up making the squad and being a good player for the Pelicans. So, 52, we got the Utah Jazz, TR. Yeah, I actually stretched this to paper number two, so I can actually see now what the hell I wrote. Um, Utah, uh, these ones I'm actually, you know, more familiar with and what have you. Uh, Go Bears out there. Um, he, he isn't going anywhere, uh, defensive stalwart, if you will. But that said, I'll put Brandon McCoy because he's still on my board from UNLV out there to, uh, maybe learn from, uh, go bear and, and maybe be the guy in the future. I went purely best player available here for Utah. And I went with point guard from Penn state, Tony Carr, uh, good size at six four and a half. Uh, has developed a shot in the last year. Isn't going to be a guy who's going to blow to the basket and score twenty a night, but he has a good basketball IQ. Makes good decisions with the ball. A guy I think you can afford to keep on your bench. Fair enough. Uh, with Utah, I'm looking at the fact that they may not have Derek Favors coming back, uh, depending on how free agency goes and what the contract situation is with him. Um, Take a take a gamble here late at fifty two. Uh, take a big guy there. You know, like I say, if you're six ten, six eleven, six you know seven foot, they uh, you get more chances just because of your height. So Utah could be looking at Chimezi Metu from USC, the junior, the six ten, two hundred twenty pound power forward center. He could step in and really be a uh, a, a good bench player for them if necessary. Uh, fifty three is Oklahoma City Thunder. Tr. The Thunder, I, uh, this guy sold me in the Duke game, uh, Duke-Kansas game. Um, Malik Newman hit some key shots. Uh, certainly not going to be an NBA All-Star or challenge, you know, Russell Westbrook or if they keep Paul George or any of the, the top-notch players for starting positions. But I don't know, something about him tells me he has a little intangible that I can't quite figure out, um, but I see him in the NBA, and second round of 53 is not a bad pick. I, have a, I took a guy here at 53 uh, who went a lot earlier in your all's draft board, and that's Bruce Brown from Miami. Uh, he, he's a good scorer, and at, at 6'5", is a decent shooting guard length and can rebound and defend and pass. But the problem with him is just not much of an athlete, I don't think, in the, in the NBA transition game. And I think that's why I had him fall clear down to the back half of the second round. But that's not to say he won't be an immediate contributor at some point in time. So Bruce Brown from Miami. Um, I have the Thunder sitting here. And before the Thunder uh, were signing Carmelo Anthony and Paul George, they were known for their good drafting. They drafted Kevin Durant. They drafted Russell Westbrook. They drafted James Harden. They drafted Serge Ibaka. Um, all these guys came into the league on their watch. So the Thunder know a thing or two about drafting. Now, I believe this is their first pick um, in the draft, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so if I'm them, I'm you got to assume Paul George is not coming back. Uh, Melo's getting older, and he's not really fitting in anywhere. He's more of a, an NBA team killer. He's a better international player. Just can't play defense. 
Uh, so if I'm the Thunder at this pick, uh, take a chance, reach for a guy named Justin Jackson, 6'7", 230-pound small forward slash power forward out of the University of Maryland. Try to develop him a little bit. See what you can get from him moving forward because it's almost time to try to build around Russell Westbrook again. George is going to be gone, I assume, and you got to think about letting Melo go soon and try to rebuild again, this time through the draft. Uh, next, Dallas Mavericks, TR. Background, Josh Brown. Um, I think he's gone on y'all's board. Um, Gary Clark out of Cincinnati. No commentary. I don't actually have, I actually have Clark on my board, actually. Um, I went with uh, Raleigh Atkins from the University of Arizona. He's going to not be afraid to put his head down and drive to the basket. The problem with him is he's not really much of a scorer. He can put his head down and, and try to draw fouls, which works well in the Pac-12, but it's not going to work for a damn in the NBA West. So hopefully Atkins improves his game. I think we'll have time to do it in the D-League, but he's not going to be an immediate guy for me in Dallas. Uh, Dallas, I believe they're going to take another big guy. Uh, you're not going to get a big guy like Mo Bamba here, but uh, I think they take Elise Johnson from Missouri State, 6'8", 215-pound senior. They need a lot of help down low, especially losing Noel and guys like that. He'll probably just be a G League player, but you never know with him. So, could make a roster, may not, but I think Dallas could take Johnson here and, and not really be upset about what they got at 54. TR 55, Charlotte Hornets. 55, Nate, I got this pick literally from you. Um, I had my original, I had somebody else there, but you had told me that the Charlotte franchise had made a promise to Greek Freak 2.0 that if he was still on the board, and he is still on mine, that they would select him. So I will take... Giannis's little brother out of out of Dayton, and, and I think to go along with that, I have another guy who's going to be sitting in, uh, not on a Charlotte bench for a couple of years, and that's Arnoldis Koboka, a small forward from Lithuania, six nine guy, really just a guy who's going to camp out on the corner and, and, and shoot threes. That's pretty much the beginning, middle, and end of this guy. He's a deadly shooter. But that's all he's going to do. They're going to stash him in Lithuania still. Hopefully he can develop something, but that's pretty much all he's got. So Arnoldus Kabolka to Charlotte. Um, I did read that Charlotte had made promises to Costas and to Tecumpo, and as soon as they made that promise that they would take him at 55, um, he canceled all of his other draft workouts. He is basically wanting to go to Charlotte at 55. Uh, he believes he can make an impact there once he improves. Um, I think Costas to Charlotte, unless somebody way up ahead takes a flyer, like uh, Thomas has said, I think Costas is, is a Hornet to be had. The small forward, power forward, 610, 195 out of Dayton. He um, he probably will not be his brother. Uh, he's going to be more like his other brother, Thaneus, who is a Delaware 87er at one point. And I believe he played for the Knicks G League affiliate. Uh, you take a chance on a guy, you know, because he's got that same bloodline in him. But some some of them just don't pan out. I don't think Costas is going to be anything amazing, and I don't think he's going to make a roster. But that apparently that promise was made by the Hornets to him at 55. So that's why I'm taking him there. 
Oh, and the next pick is the 76ers, TR. TR, are you there? Can't hear you, buddy. Hello. There you go. Got you now. Got you now. But they brought about 50 people in for workouts. But, uh, you know, he wasn't on the level of, of Knox or, or Zaire Smith or anybody like that. But they had some nice things to say about him, and that's Alonzo Trier out of Arizona. So if I can get him at 56, I'm happy. At 56 and at 60, Philadelphia has the option to really take flyers on guys who they could stash in the G League, stash in Europe, or guys who were, like I mentioned before, conference players of the year, All-Americans, who may not really metrically spell out the NBA players but can do one thing really well. And I went with Bonzi Colson out of the University of Notre Dame, a 6'5 small forward, who's really – he plays like he's seven feet tall. The guy, the guy could be an all-pro tight end in the NFL like Antonio Gates if he chose to go that way. He's that kind of guy. He's not afraid to go across the, down into the paint and make a basket. Problem with him is he had a foot injury in his senior year, which probably knocked him from the early second round, late first round, all the way down here. But I think he's a guy who, if he doesn't end up in the D League, will be at the end of the bench early on for Philly. I literally forgot all about him because they were playing very well with him, and then when he went out, they just dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, sorry to interrupt, Nate. Go ahead. You're fine. You're fine. I have uh, Philly looking at 56 at Raymond Spalding out of Louisville, the power forward, 6'10", 215, junior. Um, take a flyer here. Take a chance. Uh, solid player from Louisville. Uh, your power forward position may need – is probably your weakest position behind point guard. But um, – you know, take take a chance here, take a reach. Probably going to be playing with Elton Brand in the eighty seveners, but uh, I think I think Spalding could fit in on the in the organization with Philly. And worst comes to worst, you use him and move him around as a, a player you could trade uh, after the fact, trade his rights to somebody who may be desperate for a big guy. Fifty seven, the OKC Thunder. I I just. I'm right behind you with Spalding. Uh, I send I send them to OKC. Um, you know, this late, the, these kind of names are, you know, you could really hit the jackpot. But uh, who knows? You know, who knows how they pan out? But pan out. But you know, I got I got Spalding going to OKC. And I think you and I, T, are on the same level here. Stephen Adams is really all they have in terms of a center in OKC right now. And the guy I have is, is not the hybrid center that NBA teams are coveting right now. This guy's an old-school NBA center in, in, the, in the form of like a Rick Smith, although this guy's black. It's uh, Brandon McCoy out of UNLV, uh, true seven-footer. Uh, not really a good shooter now, but has good shooting form, which I think can be improved upon. The, the worry for me for a guy like him is I think he, he would – really covet time in the D league. He just turned 20 a couple of weeks ago, but I think with the, the need and the lack of depth that OKC has, if they take him, they're going to put him on the main roster right away. So that might, he may, it may be his own downfall getting drafted at this point in time. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go a little different route. I thought OKC, while they do have Russell Westbrook, who's a top three player in the league, they have a real serious lack of point guard depth. Now, granted, I don't think you're going to get the the point guard of the future here, 
uh, the guy that's going to come off the bench even. I don't even know that. But if you're going to take a risk at 57, this guy's still on my board. Uh, take a Midwest guy, a guy that's used to the big moments playing in the big stadiums. He's a, uh, a senior, played at the University of Kansas all four years. That's Devontae Graham, the 6'1", 185-point guard. He's, he knows what it's like to play in Oklahoma. He does it all the time, and he's familiar with the atmosphere. And I think he could really be a fit for this Thunder team and could end up being like Frank Mason is out in Sacramento. Uh, Denver Nuggets at 58, TR. Yeah, I'm going to make a last-minute change, not that it's that important at 58. Um, I had at 58 originally going the guy that sounds like he's an overseas player, but he played at Kansas, 6'9 kid, uh, Savan, uh, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. White, white guy, three-point shooter. We got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, but, but I forgot about the kid from Virginia. Um, I, I had him nowhere uh, on my board. And they were the number one team in the nation this year for a long time. Um, fuck, where's he at? So that 16th uh, seed ran into him. Yeah, I mean – yeah, the yeah the crush my my deal here, but uh, forgetting his name, Derek is it Derek Hall? I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't have him on my list at all. He's just happy you mentioned him. That's that's actually one of my friends. I'm making it up. Now it's a kid out of Virginia who was who was like you know one of their top guys and uh. I'm just I'm just drawing a blank, but I I just realized like fuck man that dude was pretty good and Devin Hall two rounds Derek Hall Devin Hall Devin Hall Devin Hall yes it's not like oh my god I forgot you know Doncic but you know I I forgot a decent player and it's at 58 it's pretty close to alcohol I'm surprised you don't remember yeah that's probably why I don't remember <laughs> hello. He hasn't said shit for an hour and a half, and he just pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> Commissioner Silver. I've been here the whole time. That's wonderful. Thank you for that, Tim. That was great. You're quite welcome, sir. Carry on. Mile? Yeah, so that's yeah, right. Yeah, you're up. Denver Nuggets, 58. Okay, this guy, again, not anywhere near ready for the NBA, uh, but I think – he does one thing and one thing well, and that's block shots. And that's the seven-footer from Baylor, Joe Luau, Asil Jr. He's seven-foot tall. He makes Minute Bowl look like he just finished the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Mm. And if he can get some size in the G League right there, I think he's a good second-team center behind Jokic just for defensive purposes only. All right, the Nuggets. Um, I have them taking another point guard in the second round because you can never have too many. Um, Tony Carr, point guard, shooting guard out of Penn State, 6'4", 200 pounds. I know Thomas had him going earlier in the draft, but I think he's, he's still on my board, so I think the Nuggets could uh, potentially get a guy that may be able in a few years be ready to come up and, and fill a role for them. He's obviously – I don't think he's ready now. But maybe sometime down the line, this could be a guy that they could step up and be a decent role player in the league. TR-59 is the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, the rich get richer in this draft. Um, 
if everything pans out correctly. Um, Brian Bone, Louisville, South Carolina, controversy, Patino, et cetera. Got some talent. Um, if all that's behind him, D9's a good spot for a guy who's had uh, quote-unquote character issues in the past. Uh, this guy at 59 um, has been taken already. I know on TR's board, I don't know if I can't remember if Nathan took him or not. He has the ability, and it wouldn't shock me if he was a very late first-round pick, early second-round pick. But my, my issue with him is he, I don't think he has the speed, and that's Shake Milton from SMU. At 6'6", six, six, I mean, and he has size, you know, perfect point guard size for the NBA. And he's a good shooter, and he's a, you know, a pretty decent defender. But the, he's 21. He'll be 22 uh, before the season begins. And like I said, not really quick. And that, that's the kind of thing that's a death knell for you in the NBA. So I think Phoenix takes a flyer on him, hopes he, hopes he shows something in summer league and in the preseason and see what, see what they have with him. Well, with me, Phoenix has got so many draft picks that there's no way they're going to be able to get all these guys onto a roster or even maybe even a G League roster. So I think Phoenix is going to take a guy here. Uh, it was mentioned earlier by TR. I think they reach here and take a guy that got in some, into some trouble, maybe would be higher if he'd have stayed at Kansas all year, and that's Billy Preston, power forward, 6'10", 225 pounds, played at Kansas, and then ended up in Bosnia. Um, I think they take him here and just stash him over in Bosnia and let him develop. He was just a freshman at Kansas, so he's got more years ahead of him, and he's a good player, just like TR said, a little bit of trouble and controversy could uh, rear its ugly head for him in this draft. But if Phoenix can take him here, stash him overseas, and let him develop, he could end up being a really nice player for them uh, years down the line. All right, last pick of the draft belongs to the 76ers. Mr. Irrelevant TR, who's it going to be? Uh, at least one of you mentioned him, German product, um, and I don't think he'll see action this this season. But Isaac Bonga, um, uh, Philly is such an international team from the coach on down, and uh, fits perfect for a last pick if they still have it or if they package it or whatever. But if they still have it, I, I see him going sixty. Uh, yeah, piggybacking on what you guys said earlier, and especially Nathan on the last pick, I went with Philly taking Billy Preston at 60. There, there's no doubt in my mind that had Preston stayed at the University of Kansas, he would have at minimum been a first-round pick, potentially in the back half of the lottery. And like I was saying earlier with um, Anna Takumbo going to the Lakers, there was two solid lottery picks that could be very – feast or famine for these teams in the second round. One was Anasakumba to the Lakers and Billy Preston to Philly. Now, I don't know if staying in Bosnia develops Preston's game or not. I think he has to go to the G League because at this point in time, he's really just spinning his tires over there. I don't think he's going to remarkably improve to the point where he's actually going to be a a contributing NBA player, especially given his potential. So I think if Philly does take him here, he needs to come at least come to the States and play in the G League. Yeah, I won't argue with that. Um, but Preston's a good talent. I think he can. He'll. I think he might make a roster in a few years. Uh, no doubt about that. All right, my last pick, Philadelphia. This is just perfect drafting stash. Um, Isif Sanin, point guard, shooting guard, six four, hundred ninety pounds from the Ukraine. You draft this guy. He's young. Um, could be a guy that could come up and uh, 
be a good shooter. And if Fultz doesn't pan out, you know, which is a po- is possible, I don't know if he'll be your your main guy to come over, but he could end up being one of those guys. Hey, we picked him. He's gotten better. He we get him now, and then we take his uh, and bring him over later on. Maybe in a couple years, he might be like maybe a year or two away from being two years away. But uh, I think Sandin's a good draft and stash pick there for Philly with the last pick in the draft. Ding, 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 dong! The witch is dead. Uh, Mr. Silver. <laughs> there we Mr. have it. Mr. Where, where, where am I? Hey, oh. time this the, dra- the draft is over. Say it again, Thomas. There's, you know, cutting out on us, Thomas. What'd you say? I was just going to tell draft and an NBA <laughs> draft. Now, what do you, what are your guys' thoughts on a 40 round MLB draft next year? Absolutely not. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I watch I watch hoops all the time, and I I was struggling with round two late. So you can't tell me that I will say that that considering the amount of players available for the NBA draft, two rounds is surprisingly short compared to yeah. There's there's a lot of names too who you could argue that could be drafted that are, you know, familiar names to college fans like Trevon Blewett from Xavier, from UNC. Uh, I think Angel Dagada from Seton Hall probably won't get picked, but another name that's, you know, familiar. Yeah, I agree. Uh, another I guy that, that I had mentions. on my radar that I thought teams might go after, uh, he declared this year, a year early, was aged in – Monogvic or something like that from the University of Marshall. He actually led the nation in uh, shot blocking this year ahead of Sagaba Kanate uh, from who played at WVU. So um, I think he could be a guy. He's going to get an invite to uh, summer league, I believe, just for his shot blocking ability. Um, and, and I mean, looking the, at the – go ahead. Go ahead, Thomas. I uh, just, uh, just going to say a couple more things. Like Malik Newman we talked about a little bit. I think maybe one of you guys had him in the draft. Uh, Keenan Evans out of Texas Tech could be a guy who could, you could hear his name on draft night tomorrow. Um, Elise Johnson from Missouri State could be up there. Um, the kid from Bucknell that I can't remember his name. That's a decent player. Um, Sixers worked him out this week. I can't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. There, yeah, there's there's a guy, uh, Jalen Barford from Arkansas. Rob Gray. So he, Rob Gray's an interesting name here, guys. He's only six foot one uh, as a point guard. But had looking at the tournament bracket, had Michigan not won that game at the buzzer where Gray scored 38 points in round two, and he sticks around for a long enough time, Rob Gray could have been a guy who played his way into the draft, and now we're talking about on draft night. Yeah, I mean that's very possible, and you and you got the uh, there's there's just so many players out there, and you just don't know where teams are going to go. Teams could take a flyer. Uh, me and Tr agreed for a while, but Thomas and I think maybe had one pick the same, and that was the first pick of the draft, and then we just left it at that. So it's interesting, you know. I read through this, did mock drafts. I know you guys did, and we worked hard on this. And I hope everybody listening actually enjoyed it. Um, because you don't see too many guys go on a podcast and actually do both rounds. Normally, it's the first round. But I think that second round, you know, there's some there's so many good players in this draft. 
that names that people know that you're going to be, want to think about. So the second round this year to me is, more, is, is very important. You're going to have a handful of guys that are picked in round two that will be full-time by the All-Star break. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, and, and a lot of invit- undrafted free agents will be invited in summer league and so forth. I mean, uh, the, the, I don't think anybody picked uh, from our gang – the kid out of Kentucky, um, Wenyon Gabriel. Um, no. No, I didn't. To- Tony Carr, I didn't pick, and I don't know how the fuck I kept him out because uh, Penn State is the Philly football team, so if they're doing anything in basketball, you pay attention. And the NIT, I got a good look at him, and I was like, ah, oh, this dude's pretty good, you know, and I wasn't aware of him before. Um, just some, uh, you know, in this, in this free flow for a few minutes, uh, you know, now that we can talk, uh, regularly talk shop, so to speak, uh, we have Grayson Allen going to three different places. Um, he certainly wasn't the most popular guy in college. What do you guys see as far as his, uh, initiation to the NBA? I think Allen's going to be humble coming in because I think he knows that the average mainstream fan has already vilified him. And he's yeah. not going to want to make a name for himself because running your mouth off to to the second-team players of Wake Forest is one thing. Running your mouth off to the bench of the Toronto Raptors is a whole other ballgame. <laughs> and they could make his life a living hell. And I, I think that Allen's smart enough to come into the, come into the league humble to where yeah. – you know, kind of like J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick was an asshole. The University of yeah. Maryland, there was, there was a big thing about it on SportsCenter. When the University of Maryland played Duke back in 05, they all chanted in unison from the student section, fuck you, JJ, clap, 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 clap. The point where it was, all, it was over Mike Patrick and Dick Vitale. So Reddick you know, had, that, had that swagger, had that demeanor, but used it positively in the NBA, and that's why he's playing you know, 14 years later. Well, right, and right he, well, here's the thing with Allen, though. In their defense, Reddick is a much better basketball player than Grayson Allen. In my opinion, that's my opinion. Um, if you're going to have some Duke, Duke produces guys that have that swagger just because they put that jersey on, and they all, and it's always a white guy that always wants to be the next Christian Leitner. It seems that seems to be the the thing, and none of them ever live up to the Leitner hype in college. Reddick was really good. Let's not kid ourselves. He was really good college player, but Grayson Allen was just, he just seems like a kid that everybody looks at and go, okay, that's the spoiled rich kid, the asshole, thinks he's better than everybody, and in reality, he's not that great. He's a good ball player, but I don't think he's that great. Coming into the NBA, I think Allen's going to hold his tongue. Like Tom said, he'll be humble. He'll say yes, sir, no, sir, but uh, there's any UNC players on his team or any Maryland players on his team, there's going to be some initiation that we're not going to hear about. Um, at least I think. And uh, Allen's going to have to earn his way if he makes an NBA squad. And the other thing uh, with that, too, he's not going to play God. 20 minutes a night to get the fans to hate him. He's not going to be a guy who's going to come off the bench or even be a starter in the NBA first thing. So he's going to come in and kind of you know dip his toe in the water, so to speak. And you know maybe year three, year four, he becomes a contributor you know full-time. But by that point in time, the the legacy and the tarnish will you know be off of him, so to speak. 
Uh, it's Phoenix and not Philadelphia this year at number one. So I don't have the angst that I had last year not wanting Markel Fultz and thinking that was a horrible pick. And still do. I think he's going to come around a little bit this year or get moved or something. But I, I think we'll show improvement this year. Um, however, not a number one overall pick. As I stated last year, I don't think that's going to change. Um, but I don't like Aiton either. Um, I like Bamba. I don't know if I'd go Bamba immediate impact. Um, Bagley's young. Donchick's from overseas, so, I mean, maybe it makes sense, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like him to be a good NBA player, but that's about it to me. I think there's guys that we picked after him. If I were just picking for me, for what I think, I wouldn't have picked Aiden number one. Uh, where are you guys on that? I, I think there's a lot of question marks in this draft. I, it would not surprise me five years from now. Into the black hole, that's Thomas Bain. We've lost you again, Thomas. Are you still there? It was right before the five years from now, and we didn't hear. It was a cliffhanger. He has vanished. Um, Garbage got him that time. Yeah, I think it got him that time. Oscar the Grouch popped out and grabbed him. Um, Well, I'll say this. I think with this draft. Okay, we lost him. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and add our good friend, Jeff. Is Jeff still on the line? Jeff, go ahead, sir. Yeah. Thanks for waiting. So I was listening uh, off and on, and I got to watch Tombstone all the way through. I never watched this. So. <laughs> and at the same time, I'm a new guy, so it was cool. Oh, man. Well, Jeff, uh, you wouldn't happen to have maybe a top 14, would you? Actually, I do. I have uh, – I, I made my little lottery, and uh, – Actually, I have a few other guys I think it's possible. Uh, it sounds like a lot of you all are uh, are down on uh, – well, not necessarily down, but I guess I'm a little bit higher on the the Vin, Vinzo from uh, Villanova. I, I'm not – I think he's going to be taken I'm, in the top 20. I'm, I'm not down on him, um, Jeff. I love him. I was about to make that point next, but, you know, I'm a homer. And I, you know, I watched him with rooting interest, but I, I really do think he's probably in the top ten talent-wise, and yeah. uh, you know, et cetera. But I, you know, I just don't think that's the way the draft's going. But I agree with what you're saying. Right. Uh, well, here's the thing. You know, you, you guys know that a lot of times uh, in an NFL draft that the quarterbacks are, um, you know, they're a lot of times projected higher than what they really should go. They're uh, their stock goes up, and uh, you know, there's uh, the values not what it probably where they should be. But uh, and a lot of times when somebody has a really good uh, NCAA tournament and ba- basketball scouts, NBA scouts will tell you the same thing that uh, that their stock goes up during that. Uh, mm-hmm. But this isn't one of those cases. I mean, I, uh, I think uh, he's still going to be. Somebody that's pretty good and uh, is going to be in the league for a while, or whatever. I, I really would be surprised if he did fall past the 20th spot. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of trades tomorrow. I believe there's going to be a lot of teams that's 
going to try to shed some uh, salary. And I think that's already happened today. There was a trade earlier, I believe, with Howard. Uh, it's going to, like the Mets is going to save them $17 million uh, in, in 2019 by making yeah. a deal. Yeah, they moved uh, Mozgov for Howard, and I believe the Hornets are trying to clear some space to try to get a free agent. I don't know who they're looking at, maybe a Boogie Cousins. I think they know they're not going to get LeBron James or Paul George, but uh, maybe Cousins would have some interest playing with Kimball Walker. That would make them a much better team. Who knows? Um, they have some bad contracts in Charlotte. They're going to have to really work on that. But, um, you know, I'm not as sold on DiVincenzo as everyone else is. I mean, I look at the NBA differently than I look at the NCAA tournament. Uh, you look at guys like Shabazz Napier who went on a tear in the NCAA tournament. And Villanova that's example, has, really. That's what I was referring to earlier, somebody like that that really hasn't done yeah. Well, you remember there was so much hype for him when he came out, and he's settled in to be a good role player in Portland, but he's not hes not that superstar that we saw in the NCAA tournament. Um, you, you just think Villanova has a, a knack for just producing guys that are good college players that don't really produce in the NBA. And that's not a knock on Villanova or the players they produce. Yes, they got Kyrie Irving. Uh, but honestly, Villanova players are more Kyle, so percentage. Kyle Lowry, I mean. Or Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Lowry. I'm sorry, Kyle Lowry. Excuse me. I meant Kyle Lowry. Um, they have Kyle Lowry, but most of their players don't produce well in the NBA. If you ever draft one, it's almost like, okay, they're a solid uh, NCAA player, but they don't pan out. And, of course, that requires the right place, right time, right system. Um, maybe it's just an adaptation. I don't know. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong about DiVincenzo. He could end up being the best player out of this draft because this draft has no real superstar to me. There's nobody jumping out saying, you have to take me at number one. You have yeah. to. There's yeah, nobody it's, like it's, that. You know, there's the pretty on him. And uh, like I said, I think a lot of times uh, that happens where guys stock raise through the NCAA tournament, maybe it shouldn't. And the NBA scouts in particular um, – Boston's coach has mentioned that as well. That you have to be careful watching that. But I think, uh, I think, anyways, that he's going to be a good player. But like I said, we'll see. Uh, well, I, I think Atlanta is probably going to make some moves. They have four of the top thirty-four picks. Uh, I could see the even uh, trying to trade another, to get down, or even another, trying to get two picks in the lot, uh, two lottery picks, maybe. Real quick, real quick on DiVincenzo before you move on, Jeff. Um, he also, besides the tournament explosion when he went to the combine he was faster than everybody he had a higher vertical leap than everybody et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. and uh, the past Villanova guys that came out had none of that like Chris Jenkins was a hero two years ago and he was you know invited to camps and so forth and I don't even know where he's playing um, yeah. <clears throat> same with Ryan Macchio, or whatever but DiVincenzo's got that those NBA type leap hops, as they say, and all that other kind of shit too. But uh, I didn't mean to cut you off because you said you're yeah, right. top yeah, fourteen. That's a good point. Um, I kind of think that Atlanta is with with, uh, with Schroeder. Is that how you say his mm-hmm. name, Schroeder or Schroeder? Yeah, Schroeder. Anyway, Schroeder. I think he's due like fifty million bucks through 2021. I think they might try to trade him and pick up a point guard there. Uh, so there's all, all kinds of possibilities. I believe they might try to get Trey Young or uh, even Colin Sexton. Maybe trade down and 
or they could try to move up as well. But uh, anyways, I have uh, 1 through 14 real quick. I have uh, Aiden going number one, uh, Bagley number two. Uh, I kind of, with the Atlanta situation, I think they could take, uh, what's, how you say, Doncic, how you say his name? Luka Doncic. Okay. Yeah, him or I'm leaning towards Jackson right now, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him take Doncic right um, I can I see I, I think the Mavs I think what's his name's uh, a risk taker their owner Cuban is I think they I think they'll take Porter at number five um, yeah, he, he was hurt last year uh, I think Magic's going to take uh, Bamba uh, the Bulls Wendell Carter uh, I think the Cavs need a point guard and I think they'll get a steal with Trey Young. And or they could take Sexton right there, but I'm, I'm going with Trey Young. Um, the Knicks, of course, I think I know they took uh, point guard last year, but uh, I could see them either going there with a wingman and Kevin Knox. So I, I got them taking Knox, but I would not be surprised if Young fell to him. I think they'd take him. I just don't know if he will, but if not. They could probably take Sexton also. Uh, one of the most NBA ready players, I think, is. Uh, it's going to the Sixers. That's Mikael Bridges. And I think you all, uh, two out of the three of you, said that earlier. That had him Works going to me, the. Yeah. I think that'd be a really good choice for them to play with uh, Simmons, and I think that'd be a good compliment. He can hit the open three, and he has a lot of experience. Uh, so, and then uh, the Clippers. I got them taking Sexton, and then I got. Um, no, I'm sorry, the Horn- Hornets have the 11th pick, right, okay. And then I have the, the Clippers, I could see them either maybe trading two picks to move up a little bit or if we can get out of those picks. But right now I have them taking the point guard from U.K., Alexander, and uh, Lonnie uh, Walker from Miami with their two picks. And then with Denver, I have them taking uh, Miles Bridges. Uh, I think that uh, San Antonio may take uh, – was his name Herder with their pick? Huter, yeah. Huter, I'm sorry. Uh, That's I, all I right. Really we like really high on him, but I don't think he'll drop that far. Um, I could see the Suns maybe trading the 15th pick and their 31st pick and maybe another asset to move up uh, and take a higher, get a higher lottery pick. With the, even with the number one pick, I could see them maybe moving in the top six or seven. And uh, I could see you guys mentioned it a little bit there in the early second round or late in the first round. I could see uh, I could see Jalen Brunson or Javon Carter, either one of them going to the Celtics with their pick, or even maybe the uh, 76ers. I think the 76ers have ten, uh, six picks, right? Yeah. Okay. I think with one of their – I think Brunson or Carter is going to fall in anywhere between like 26 and 40. I know it's a big range, but I think they'll be taken in between that range of 26 to 40. And uh, I could see like the Celtics getting, you know, Brunson or Carter both would be a good role player. Uh, you know, they're they're NBA ready. They're going to find somewhere to play. Celtics or Six or somebody with experience, that'd be a really good position for them. You know, yeah. in these drafts, it's like Darko that year. I mean, really, if he would have fell like late in the first round to somebody, that probably would have been better for him. You just never know some of these players and where they end up at. I think the 
we know the Pistons, about everybody in the whole world except for the Pistons. Oh, they should have taken uh, D. Wade or uh, Anthony at the time. They thought it was crazy. But it's just an example. Uh, I think uh, Bogner, I think you all touched on it a little bit. I think he'll go late in the first round, early in the second round. But uh, anyways, yeah. uh, that's my pick. Hey. Top fourteen. I don't. I don't know. Uh, you know, like I say, you never know about things. Things. I think there's a possibility with a lot of there could be a lot of trades with uh, some salary shedding and things like that to get in position, uh, like the Nets did today. Well, you might see uh, a team in the second round. You know, somebody in the second round that maybe they're going to take a shot on a player. They might just buy a pick. You know, it happens all the time. Right. Um, you know, in Phoenix, there's talk Phoenix wanting to. Uh, trade multiple picks and maybe another player and try to jump up and jump back into the lottery. Um, so who knows this, this draft is, uh, there's not a lot of star power, but there's a lot of good players. So maybe you can get two players in this draft that could equal out to being a star. Like if you get, if you're Phoenix, if you're able to get, uh, two players, especially, you know, Aiton, if he turns out to be a better player than what we all think he's going to be. And then you get another guy, who's, you know, a good role player, maybe those two together could end up being as good as getting a star if you can get the right minutes and the right production out of them. It's right. just uh, it's just a crapshoot, and that's all it ever is. It's all about timing, situation. Uh, it's all about the fit because you can get a great player who just doesn't fit in on a team. Or you can uh, get Lance Stevenson, who only plays well in Indiana. So you uh, never know what's yeah. going to happen when it comes to the draft. Well, I think, uh, like TR 76ers, I believe that they're going to get some uh, – they already have a really good team. I mean, let's be honest, they was really – I mean, even though they lost 4-1, to one, they were really, really close to being in the conference finals. With a few shots here, they're really three or four shots of difference, and they're, they're, they win 4-1. to one. Um, Yeah. And I think they're going to pick up some – they had the opportunity to pick up some good role players – to complement their team and, and uh, to complement Simmons and Embiid. And, uh, you know, I, I really believe that uh, this is an important – these picks that they have, like at 38 and 39, there's still going to be some quality players there that they can get. And uh, I think uh, they can – them and the Celtics both, where they're picking at, I think they can upgrade their team. And I think for sure that LeBron's going to leave – Eastern Conference, and it's going to be left up to the Celtics and the uh, Sixers. You're going to have a uh, a big rivalry again, like you did in the early '80s. Yeah, that'd be nice. And you guys, specifically, you two, and even Thomas Bain to a little degree, because he went to West Virginia. You guys sold the shit out of Carter to me, and I if if he drops to the Sixers somehow at 26, I'll be happy as a pig in shit. Um, you know, it'd be nice if he's how old is he? Nineteen twenty. Carter, he's twenty two, twenty three. He's a senior. I, uh, yeah, he's a senior. Isn't he? Yeah. Um, well, I was I was holding out hope for maybe like an inch or an inch and a half growth. I had <laughs> an inch growth sometime in my adulthood, so maybe he'll be a freak of nature like me, and uh, get him a little taller, and then you know I'm good. Maybe he can help uh, Simmons uh, on the defensive end and yeah, uh, 
been able to guard, and uh, well, he can hit the open three as well. Carter can, so mm-hmm. uh, I don't know yeah, how much offense he will. But he's like he a is open, he If he's open, he'll make it. Yeah. Um, but we're getting close to time here. I'm not sure how much time we have left. I know we only get so much time to go over. Um, so Tim, Mr. Commissioner, sir, we've been going for a while now. We're about 50 minutes into our overtime session. So uh, I think we need to start Incredible. winding it down here. Hey, Nathan, I just had something really good before I get off here. That, uh, Go I, ahead. Did, I didn't know if you all knew, but did uh, Big Van Vader die? Here, he maybe? did. Vader did pass away today, and we uh, wish our condolences to the family of Leon White, a.k.a. Vader, uh, one of my personal favorites growing up. So it's he a was an awesome lineman for Colorado. It was mentioning on ESPN there. Yeah, Long yeah, he was awesome. He was an offensive lineman for them. Yeah, he was an offensive yeah. lineman. He was uh, – he was a beast. You know, a four hundred pound man can do a moonsault. So uh it does it does suck, but uh Vader has been in bad health for a while now, so he fought it as long as he could. So we will miss you, Vader. It's still Vader. Guys, time. I'm getting off and uh I'll talk to you next time, all right? Thanks. You ain't even breathing heavy, Jeff. Jeez. <laughs> hey, later. <laughs> See ya. Bye, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, Jeff.